When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Welcome. You are right on time for another exciting, rocking edition of the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro. Joining me as always, my good friend, Chris Sinzak. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really excited about this week. This was a lot of fun, and I'm yes. really happy to share it with everybody today. Yes, I'm still getting over how surreal it was to have Jimmy Pardo sitting in our studio. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I know we're getting probably a lot of first-time listeners and people that follow Jimmy from the comedy podcasting world, and welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. Hope you'll stick around and listen to others. Uh, but for our diehard listeners, the main, the regular listeners, some of you may not know who Jimmy is. It's a clash of worlds here today. Kind of comedy and rock and roll. I love it. Well, I would say clash of the titans, but he's a titan. We're just we're we're we're, we're just us. We're titan wannabes. But as we will find out today, we are masters of metal. Yes. Yes. Uh, but now, Jimmy Pardo, um, basically, the the best way you can prime yourself for this episode would be to go. There's a show called Rock Solid, hosted by a guy named Pat Francis, and Pat is also a comedian out in L.A. But they did a two part special called uh, Kiss Keepers and Clunkers. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool, and they and they basically go through each album and they pick a, a keeper and they pick a clunker, like an a song they would, that they love and a song they would throw away. They're both big Kiss fans, but anyway, he uh, they did this episode. It's, it's a total like four or five hours of Kiss talk, and it's really worth listening to. And I'm going to put links in the show notes to both episodes. And the reason Jimmy's here is they mentioned Decibel Geek like about five or six times throughout the special. It's very cool. And I've been friends with Pat on Facebook for a long time, and uh, I'm a fan of his show. And then Jimmy came on, and, I, and I've been a fan of Jimmy's for a long time, but I had no idea Jimmy listened to the show until that came up on the show. And then it, I saw that he was coming here to record a live version of his podcast, Never Not Funny, mm-hmm. which is one of the longest-running comedy podcasts there is. Huge following Great show. Listen to it. And uh, when I saw that they were coming here as part of this Wild West Comedy Festival, I was like, I'm going to reach out and see if he'll come on and, and do a kiss talk with us. Because that initially was going to be what we were going to do. Right. But we had so much fun, we didn't want to wait that long to let you guys hear it. Yeah, because there's we got into a lot of other subjects and... There's a lot of good stuff about his time working for MCA Records and yeah. his early days in Chicago. And it's just, it was a lot of good, funny discussion. And also a, a period of time where we indirectly insult Jimmy and his reaction. is <laughs> It's very awkward. But he took it well and he was a good sport and we appreciate him coming out to the sticks of Tennessee to uh, to talk with us. Yeah. And you're going to hear it here in just a minute. Heck yeah. But right away we got to get into the business. Before we get into the pleasure and the fun and the laughter, we got to take care of business. Yes. And my favorite, favorite thing in the whole world, you know what it is. It's iTunes reviews. We love them when they're five stars. And look here, it's another one. Right here from Dave Huckridge all the way over in the U.K., 
rock and roll in the UK. You got to love that. The uh, review goes like this. Only recently got into this podcast after hearing about it from other podcasts. Shout out to Kistory Science Theater and Podkist. Great shows, yeah. And he he says, uh, I've downloaded them and they've been giving me a lot of entertainment this past week and enjoy it. Recommend you check these guys out, have shared on Facebook, and we'll point friends in their direction. That's what it's all about right there. Five stars on iTunes. It's a perfect way for somebody else to read that and go, you know what? That sounds like a podcast for me. Absolutely. And then the party grows. All the way from the UK. Love it. We're worldwide. Very cool. Thanks so much, Dave Huckridge. Also, uh, good friends of the show, Geeks of the Week. These are the people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter. A lot of people love that farm rock, man. Yeah, it's done really well. Gotten a great response. And uh, some uh, names you're going to recognize on the list of Geeks of the Week this week. Just Geeks of the Week this week are Stacey Millar, Dale Millar, Riz Graham, and the Killer Dwarfs. Sweet. All from that camp. Cal Hens, Todd Cunningham, Thomas Mukaji, Patrick Francis from Tora Tora shared it. Nice. Rocker Chicks Promoters, Amy Webb, Brandy Williamson, Carmen Tronalone, Desiree Cox, Matt Ashcraft, Mike Stewart, Spencer Wetmore, Sean Cullen, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Neil Johnson, Mikhail Burrell, Joe Lescon, Joe Mama's Wrestling Podcast, Aaron Baker, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Brad Kalmanson, Joshua Toomey from Talk To Me Podcast, Adam Cox, Warren Money, Andrew Kiss from Podcast Rock City, Kevin Williams, Chris Karam, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Brad Schick, Andrew Jacobs, Wayne Cross, Derek Novak, Music Mags and Wax, Chas Stanley, Billy Hardcore, and the Mooger Fooger. A lot of great friends on that list. Great friends of the Decibel Geek Podcast out there spreading the word, sharing the love, letting everybody know what we got going on here. It's all about rock and roll. It's all about having a good time. And today, I think it brings it out of us. But Jimmy Pardo actually gets us to be pretty funny. At least we think so. So Maybe you be the judge and tell us on the <laughs> Facebook fan page. See, I try to elicit uh, feedback that way. Yes, please. So, if you're ready, I'm ready. Yes. Let's rock and roll with Jimmy Pardo. surreal to to see you in our studio oh yeah i'm a big fan of yours thank you first of all thank you i'm uh, yeah. honored to be here this is uh the comedy podcasting world meeting the rock podcasting world and uh the intentionally funny versus the unintentionally uh, you guys true. stumble across it yeah and yes. uh and i just do it and i yeah. stumble across talking about music so yeah uh, it just kind of happens to, to us yeah and i gotta say um i have to give tip of the cap to pat francis because uh Without him, then uh, you know, and his show Rock Solid, that that helped bring a lot of this together. Uh-huh. Because, uh Because once I heard you on the Kiss Keepers and Clunkers two part special. No wait, that's the first time you've heard. No, no, I had heard you before. Okay. But I didn't realize your depth of Kiss fandom. Depth is listen, and that's what's going to come out here. I, I'm okay. As I said on that Rock Solid, you heard. Yeah. I don't, and I, I referenced you guys. I said right. I don't know as much as like the decimal geek guys. Right. Right. And uh, <laughs> and Pat was like, you know those guys? I've listened to it. Like yeah. Fascinating, I, the, the fact that you guys knew who, or you knew who I was. Of course. In talking about, uh, that I mentioned you guys, I, that had to be a thrill. It was a huge I'm thrill. Walk around. It totally it was. I uh, couldn't wait to tell him. It's like, I have no idea who this guy is, but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome when he gives a shit. Sure. like, no, I was a dude on Conan O'Brien, I'd be like, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, 
Uh, I, enjoy, I, I like hearing whatever somebody's talking. Uh, like, I watch uh, Ink Masters. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big tattoo guy. I have two tattoos, but I'm not Mr. Tattoo. Right. But I like watching people do what they do well. Right. Yeah. And so that's what, that's why I enjoy you guys. Oh, it's thanks. like when you talk about Kiss or whatever, it's like you're passionate about it. Oh, you're, yeah. You're knowledgeable about it. So it's not... So it's interesting to listen to. Right. So, so that's, uh, appreciate that. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you're as geeky about it as we are. Well, no, I'm geeky about my things. It's uh, but, but you've been a fan for a, for a long time, and, and you've been faithful to, I've to been your fandom. Through, yes, through the same thick and thin we've all been through. One of the, the funniest things, because I listened to the Keepers and Clunkers like all five hours of both Yeah, a little episodes, long. A little lengthy. Um, this week, and uh, one part that cracked me up was Pat going, all right, we're not going to talk about smashes, thrashes, and hits, right? And you were like, no, I don't think we should talk about that. And then you're both in agreement that this record sucks. And then you go, I have the picture disc of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy's a perfect guest for the show. I do have the picture disc. Why, why do I have the picture disc of that crap album? That's what makes Kiss fans different, though. Because yeah. we'll really still cool buy when it first came out. I had the picture disc. It was like the the cover it's on the one cover. side and then the makeup band on the other yeah, side. Yeah, like with the '76, cool. you know, yeah. the glittery backgrounds yeah. that was on yeah. the back. Yeah. And it would gatefold opening. Yeah. It had the little history of the band and shit. Yeah, man. I so had that package, too. right? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but it cracked me up. This album sucks. I still have the picture disc. Yeah. I'm going to get rid of it because I, you know, I collect the nonsense. And that, but I actually, that's like, as great as they are visually, yeah. like that's a suck album cover too. This yeah. Oh, it was a terrible rush album job. Cover. You could tell yeah. that it's like, oh, let's throw a greatest hits album. Horrible. And what a horrible collection was, of songs. I think yeah. the thought process was Crazy Night Stiffed. So we have to throw a, a hits album. Let's remind people that we used yeah. to did this stuff. Yeah, I love right. Crazy Nights. I, thought I did too. It's a little slick, but... Uh, that was my uh, gateway album. Was it really? Yep. Jesus, you're I, younger than me. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching uh, in, Dial In TV, and Reason To Live was on, and <laughs> I hate to admit this, which I would admit <laughs> I'm comfortable now because I've done it over the years with on our show. Reason To Live was the first exposure I had to them. I'm a ballads guy. I've always liked power ballads. Okay. I'm maybe I have a little bit more estrogen than the norm, normal guys, but I was like, that's a pretty good ballad. I like that. This before I ever heard, I want to know what love is. So I didn't know they were ripping foreigner off, but uh, I liked it. But my brother walked into the and for you guys listening, you've heard this story a million times. My brother walks into the room, my older brother, and he goes, "Kiss," and I'm like, "Yeah," because the big logo is behind him on the video. Yeah. He's like, "That's not Kiss." And I was like, well, yeah, it is. It says it is. He's like, wait. And he goes in his room and he brings his vinyl copy of a live out and he hands it to him and he goes, that is Kiss. This is don't, Kiss. This is yeah. right. He's like, don't. And he wasn't even a giant fan, but he was like, come on, that's this is Kiss. This is what you need to listen to. And I went on and I put a live on. And for some reason, I put it on album two, side two, and skipped. Uh, once I heard the beginning of Rock Bottom, it was, you know, just jangly chords. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to go to the next song. When I heard Cold Gin kick in after the whole vodka and orange juice rap, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I'm a fan now. Yeah. But yeah, crazy, that was Crazy Nice was the first Kiss album that I bought that was brand new. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And then Hot in the Shade was the first one I bought on release day. Ugh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I had Anson Elton I loved it at the time. headphones on me since I was a little bitty baby letting me listen to Kiss. Really? I was into them earlier. Warping my little mind when I was a little baby. But it's all good. Yeah, of course it turned, turned out great for me. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we heard on that show. How did you first hear of them? Uh, you know what? I think it was that... I don't know if it was that TV. There was a special... I'm sure you guys Paul have it in a boot like now. The, uh, it was either Paul Lind or The Land of Hype and Glory. One of, yeah, 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 it was one, one of those two. And uh, I think... Mm-hmm. Or it was... 
back in the day uh, you know, when the, you know they would do those iron-on transfers. On oh the yeah, shirts, yeah. And we would see the kiss. You know the uh, you know the uh, the examples hanging up that yes, you can get right. that made on a T-shirt, and so I, I, it was one of those. So one of those happened it's when we like, saw what them. What is and, that? Say it again. <laughs> it's kind of like what is that? What are those guys all about? And, yeah. and, and admittedly, I was drawn because they uh, were cartoons. You know, yeah. looked awesome. Yeah. And, and they looked awesome. And uh, I don't remember. I, I know the first album I bought for sure was Rock and Roll Over. That was the first one that I bought with good, my good place to start money. What was that? That's 77? 76. 76. It came out a week before Love I was Gun, born. Love Gun, 77. It came out when? It came out a week before I was born. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Quit giving birthday. him a hard time, man. Jeez. Yeah, man. but he got to see better bands live. Right. Totally. <laughs> Who did I see? You mean, as far as those... I'm just saying, growing up, the era you... I, my, my high school years were the grunge period. So not, oh, not, quite, not quite as fun. So, uh, yeah, but the, I mean, look... There's good stuff in all of them, though. Well, not in the grunge, but... Uh, oh, yeah, there is. Oh, you're, you're kind to them. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not my cup of tea. That's cool. But, uh, but I think that was it. And then we, then we, you know, my brother and I were obsessed with them. We bought the Kiss cards and we did all that yeah. nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, and then we saw the Dynasties, t- Dynasty Tour was the first show. Where at? Uh, the Chicago Stadium. Cool. I think they might have done two or three nights there. And my mom brought us, which we thought was insane at the time. It's like, <laughs> our mom is bringing us to see Kiss. Well, my mom's at the time, uh, what was that, 79? Yeah. 30 uh, something? Uh, say it again? In her 30s? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Late 20s, maybe? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Well, she was what would I have been? Uh, 13? She was 33. Yeah. So that's... You, you go... But you think of it as your mom. Right. How insane. Why would my mom want to see Kiss? It's like, well, that's 20 years younger than... I'm, I'm rounding, but right, it's 20 right. years younger than I am now, and I'm still effing going. You know what I mean? I'm still <laughs> totally. going to see these assholes prance around to their <laughs> seven inches of leather heels. Take, taking you was a good excuse to see kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she, I, uh, baby. Uh, uh, I've since taken my son twice. He's cool. uh, he's eight, and we went when he was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an L.A. Kiss football. So yeah, I've heard you yeah, talk about that on the show. And, uh, that's money down the toilet. <laughs> uh, but they get, if you bought... The first year, the, the selling point was you get a free concert. Right. And I thought, you know what? For a hundred bucks, I, yeah. I, I'm going to spend that for the concert anyway. Yeah. So you right. go to all these games. I'll, I'll go. I'll go to if I go to one game. It's yeah. it's I'm Pay going to the concert time. anyway. So we ended up going to the games and having some fun. And uh, and then the concert came and they moved it from uh, they moved the date on me. And I'm like, God damn it! So I couldn't bring my I, I, I thought I couldn't bring my son to it. Mm-hmm. So they were also playing in Irvine. Uh, with Def Leppard, they were doing that tour right. with Def Leppard. Yeah, and so I said, I said to my son, who was I think six or five or six at the time, let's get in the car and go see Kiss tonight. Yeah, and so we That's went awesome. and put little headphones on. The reason I thought of it is you mentioned you, you your answer. I was putting the headphones on you. Yeah, uh, I put headphones on him during the concert, so yeah. you know it wouldn't be so loud. Yeah. Uh, he sat and watched him, and you know in awe. Mm, and it was great. Yeah. Uh, and then w- they ended up doing the show uh, for the season ticket holders on a night that we could go. And I brought him back, and then uh, he couldn't make it through the encore. He got a little, got a little tired. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, th- I think, if I dare, I think he was jaded and was like, I've already seen this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I've already s- there's nothing new happening here. And uh, But that show was neat because it was at a big stadium, and there had to be, I don't know, 
a thousand people at the oh, most. Oh, really? Wow. It's a small group. Yeah, but it was, you know, yes, it's LA Kiss season ticket holders. But that's more fun, even, yeah. you know. It was fun. Yeah. It was, you know, they kept on saying, we're going to do, a, you know, Gene's whole big selling by, we're going to give you a show, all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when it came out, it was a bare bone stage. Yeah. And, you know, all, all the stuff has already been on, a, it's already on trucks. You know, we've yeah, had to fit yeah, this yeah. Uh, concert in for you guys. Yeah. And, uh, but it, I enjoyed it for that reason. It was yeah. like an intimate, in makeup, Full show, and then at one point, Paul kind of there's probably good bootlegs out of it, I'm sure. Yeah. But Paul, like, at one point, even just went, You know, uh, why are we doing this? Give me a stool. You know? <laughs> then he ended up sitting on a stool for part of it, and like, because I think he felt like an asshole, yeah. Uh, you know, we're you're not doing the crazy the rock moves in front of right. a thousand people, right. you know? yeah. Uh, so and and then it has to be sad to look out, even though you know that's all that's there, yeah. You look out and you see the entire stadium's empty. Oh, well, it's uh, probably like. Going back to the Creatures of the Night tour, <laughs> you're right, right. <laughs> what was it Paul said? It, he, like he said, you know, it's bad when you flip a pick out to the audience and you hear it. Oh, behind them. Yeah, I mean that's mm. yeah, <laughs> rough. Although I love that period of the band. I love that period of the band. <laughs> that's that. Uh, now, did you see him on that tour? I did. Oh, I'm jealous. I did. Did I? I want to say I did. I know with, with the tank stage, uh, the tank tour, and on the the drums. What did I? Yes, or Vinny I, was in the band. Then the answer is no. That was Vinny's only makeup tour. I didn't see it. I, I you didn't. No. No. I saw the was the one. Oh God! All right. Animalize. So I, I think that's and that's the first time I met him. I want to say Bruce was with them. Bruce was with them. Yeah. And Bruce, this is funny. Uh, funny is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, Animalize would have been what eighty four. Yep. And I had backstage passes because uh, I was in the record business back then. Mm-hmm. And I brought my brother with me, and we were excited to meet Kiss. And Bruce came in, and Eric came in, and we didn't give a shit. You know, it was like we just wanted to meet Paul and Gene. Oh, you're the new guys. And it was you're the new guys, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, then, yeah. you know, uh, it still was in our heads where it's like, well, you're not the originals. You're not the guys I have on my T-shirt. Yeah. Right. And, um, but I did have Eric sign my uh, my Look It Up album, and uh, I didn't get Bruce's signature until he was on Rock well, Solid. He, yeah, he was brand new. I was say, it sounds like you allowed Eric Carr to give you his autograph. Yeah, I did him a favor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no one else is paying attention yeah. to you. Sign this, please. And you know what? Nobody else was. It was, oh. it was kind of sad. It was yeah. like, Gene walked in, and it was... And, and Greg, this is 84, so I'm, not, I'm still, what am I, 18 years old? Yeah. yeah. So I'm still pretty young. And, uh, and he walked in, and it still was like, here's this... Even though they're not in makeup anymore, here's here's the fuck. It's the demon. Yeah, yeah. And he walks in, and and, and it's almost like a uh, like in a movie where everything everybody just parks, <laughs> and he just walked in looking around, and uh, quite frankly, couldn't have been nicer. He was very very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, brother and Paul was a little uh, a little difficult to pin down for an autograph, and uh, and then we witnessed uh, on uh, afterwards. We're waiting to get Paul Stanley's afterwards. Yeah, uh, his signature. And uh, somebody goes, oh, they're out on the stage. So my brother and I go out to the vent. You know, we leave the backstage area mm-hmm. to go out. And Paul and Gene are on stage in their, you know, post-show robes. Uh, mother effing the crew up and down. Oh, yeah. And really? it was so... It, it literally... I'm not even at the crew, and it was uncomfortable. It was you like... felt like wow. you were being reprimanded. Yeah, it really it felt like that. It felt like, <laughs> and I look at my brother and go, we shouldn't be here. And we, we got out of there. Then Paul came back. How you doing? You know, and oh, still doing yeah. this, the, the <laughs> stage voice. How you doing, people? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he signed our stuff, and he was very very nice. And it was it was bizarre to see the other side. your heroes yeah. doing their job. Yeah, and I'm sure they were pissed off. I'm sure something happened. And yeah, you well, know, there's a lot of moving parts on those stages. Yeah, right. 
It's dangerous. Like, even Kiss through the, the lean years without makeup still had these big freaking stages. Yeah. And like, uh, well, Animalized was a big stage and then on the Asylum tour they had a massive logo behind them. Like the thing, yeah. the damn logo was almost to the ceiling. It was like stupid big to me. Yeah. The fact they weren't doing like a big stage. And they had like right? these lightning bolt staircases that went up on the sides of the stage. But like even during the, I think they had some of their best stage shows during the non-makeup years. Mm-hmm. Like um, the Hot in the Shade, not the greatest album, but the tour was awesome. It actually, uh, the Sphinx. Sphinx. And then he flips you off at the, the. No, that was the Statue of Liberty on the Revenge. That's your right, Statue yeah. of Liberty. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the Sphinx would talk during the show. What's he have to say? He would. He would do the uh, "I am the Lord of the Wasteland" part oh, yeah, of God yeah. of Thunder. Well, I should tell but, him the but, Gary. But Corbett only story. when Gary Corbett gets it right. Okay. Well. And like apologies to listeners that know this story, but it's, I want to because I want to see Jimmy's reaction to this. There's a guy we've had on the show a few times named Gary Corbett. Okay, and Gary, awesome dude. Gary yeah. is a great guy. Um, also played with Cinderella. He wrote, he helped co-write Shebop for Cindy Lauper. Oh wow, keyboard player. very talented guy. And he but, but I may have heard some of those uh, episodes. Oh, I think you probably I think did. I have. Yeah, very inside. Info. Yes. So Eric Carr's best friend till the end. Oh, then I did. Yes. Yeah, the answer yeah, is yeah. yes. But go ahead, tell your story anyway. Well, and I think it was it was the keyboardist discussion that he shared this story on. Yeah. He came. He's been on like three times. We love him. So yeah. awesome. So yeah. he came on and he said that you know that during the during the Hot and Shade tour he was their offstage keyboard player that you never saw him on stage. They had like this little condo thing built for him. Because keyboard players were lame, right? Well, you can't have five members of Kiss. Yeah, and it was also where they would keep Gene's groupies for the night. Is that right? Yeah, behind, right. He they would hang out with Gary while the show was going on. And uh, but Gary had like Kiss Start was one of the early bands to use triggered background vocals, so you know to make this fatten up the background sounds. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of the show is during God of Thunder, the mouth would start moving. Oh, I am the Lord of the Wasteland. These lasers would shoot back and forth. Well. One night, uh, Gary had programmed his keyboard the wrong way with the backing vocals. And instead of the whole I'm the Lord of the Wasteland part, he hit the wrong button, and all of a sudden the Sphinx was going, It's forever! Oh, Jesus, really? <laughs> During yes. God of Thunder. During yeah, God yeah, of yeah, Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the, the Sphinx started singing the chorus to forever. Oh. And he said Gene shot him a look that would have felt like it went to the back of his skull. Sure. Yeah. Listen, when I witnessed that day, I imagine that Gary got an earful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh. But to imagine the Sphinx singing forever in the middle of God of Thunder. Yeah, I couldn't pretty, imagine being the I mean, there's got to be a, a video of that somewhere. Right? I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> if there is, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've heard all kinds of stories, like uh, Tom Harper mm-hmm. would be tell the story. And what was it, Tom? He was the the Paul's personal he was his guy. guitar tech yeah his guitar tech on the dynasty like, tour you get two looks or what was it how did it oh, go oh god it was it was like Paul Stanley's instructions where you get three looks or something like this like this means and I'm, well, this means give me a give pick give me a pick <laughs> and this this means I need a drink of water yeah and this means and this look I means, better not see you after the show yeah that was that was, that was <laughs> the three-step Paul Stanley instruction for his road. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's, yeah. that's yeah. guitar tech Paul apparently is a handful to work for. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've only heard stories. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I did like the picture that he... Uh, did you see the picture he posted on uh, Twitter today? Of it with the graduation. Uh, the graduation? Yeah. Beautiful. What a suit. It has a turquoise suit. Tur- it looks beautiful. Paul Stanley yeah. does not do anything subdued. It, it, but yet it, it, it didn't look It didn't look, it didn't look too bad. It looked yeah. great. And it looked, he looked cool. He looked, 
I always say the beard works for him too. I like the beard too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I always say about Paul and Gene, the difference between their two family photos is Paul's looks like a family, yeah. and Gene looks like the manager to some ba- uh, family group. Like right. it doesn't look like a like they all. None of them get. Like, they're all posed. Yeah. And you know, Gene manufactured everything, whereas Paul looks like a dad being with right. his family. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. And this no, looks I like think a you're promo right. Promo for Family Value. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just a shot of them at a restaurant, it looks like a promo for Family Value. Yeah. Oh, I, put it. well, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your take on the, <clears throat> the current news that's going on with Gene. What are your thoughts on his uh, recent comments on Prince? Well, that, but those have been his comments about any yeah. Yeah. Uh, drug overdose or any suicide. Um, I think he's an asshole for saying it. I mean, keep your mouth shut. I just think it was more the way he phrased it. Uh, where I think his intentions were good. But I think he didn't come off well with how he said it. But he never comes off well. With, with he doesn't think about how he's coming off. That's yeah. his problem. But that's why I think over the years with Gene, you get like the the standard interview question and answer, question and answer. He's got it all stocked, and that's for a reason. He knows what to say. Because when Gene Simmons goes off, goes script, off it's, it's like not Donald good, Trump. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I did Donald like that he admitted this time where he came around and said, look, I'm, my family yeah, they went off being an asshole. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Paul's really mad at me this time. <laughs> Paul's really mad at me this time. Yeah, I thought it was funny how Paul called him out on it too. But then Paul, I like when Paul's fighting with Nikki Six. Oh God, yeah. that bullshit. Yeah, and then I, it's funny that that that's affected us. Did I tell you about that? How's that oh. affecting you? Uh, like we, well, we have a guy in Colorado that runs our YouTube channel. Okay. And he'll take older episodes and he'll throw them up on YouTube. Well, you know, we play songs during the show, or at least pieces of songs, which I'm sure Pat's run into this stuff too. Um, you know, YouTube. People can come after you for the copyright thing anytime they want. Ron had done a video for the uh, Albums Unleashed Motley Crue album that they did with John Karabi, the one album they did without Vince Neil, which we're friends with John, and that it was a long, great interview. Well, he put it up. Well, uh, a few days ago, like Ron put it up, and that's one thing. A few days ago, I had gotten, an, I had had enough of, and I, I don't think what Gene said was great either. But I got sick of hearing Nikki Six bitch about it, because I'm thinking of all people, you're gonna get, go off on somebody for saying something stupid. Mm. Um, so I called Nikki Six out on Twitter, and I said, "Hey, Nikki Six, when are you planning to remodel that glass house? That glass house that you live in?" And he responded with, "Thank you." And then um, yesterday, the uh, the Motley Crue YouTube video was flagged for copyright violation by Motley Records. Is that uh, right? Nikki Six runs Motley Records. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, at least he ain't over here slashing your tires. Yeah. Well, that's you know what? <laughs> nice positive spin. If you want to know that story, listen to the VIP content. Oh, but, look at this. Nice way to market. Yeah. Good way to market. Yeah, I'll see. It. Gene talked well. I sure do. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I had to get your take on that. And um, while I'm thinking about it, so I can get the laundry list off my head, Billy Hardaway told me to tell you to fuck off. I don't know who Billy Hardaway is. Oh, okay. Well, he, he was mentioned during the uh, Rock Solid Keepers and Cluckers thing. Why was he? He's Pat knows him really well. Oh, Billy Hardaway is awesome. He's a professional asshole. I, he says he's awesome. He is awesome. But I, a, I don't know who he is. Why is he mad at me? He's a, it's a term of endearment. Basically, he's he's a big podcasting fan, and he's not mad at you. It's just this is his. He insults people for fun. Okay. Anyway, he's a friend of ours, and um, he's. He, him and Pat talk a lot on Rock Solid, but I told him I'm like you should come out because you know Jimmy Pardo's coming on the show and I know he had heard you on the Keepers and Clunkers. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, I've got to work tomorrow, and then he sent me that thing with a winking face on there. But 
I told him I would do it, so it's on mic, so I did it. Uh, all right. Well, there you go, Billy. You're you're welcome. Glad I could be a prop. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I, don't, I didn't know if he had talked to you or not. I don't know. No, never heard the name of my. Okay. Life. Well, that was really awkward. And I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're welcome. All of a sudden, you just told me some guy told me to go fuck myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Billy. Yeah, he's awesome. So he, being an asshole. So Billy's gonna get a good laugh out of this. All right. Well, good for you, Bill. At, at uh, all of our expense. But anyway. Uh, so you saw him in '79 on Dynasty. '79 Dynasty, and then '84 on Animal Eye. Yeah, I didn't. I thought I, I did not see Creature. I, I think the next one would have been. You didn't see them on the Elder tour. No, there wasn't one, was there? Yeah, no, there wasn't. Uh, <laughs> then it was yeah, Animal Eyes Asylum. Who Wasp opened for them on what? Asylum. Asylum, I think. Yeah. So when Wasp. That was on with the giant logo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I saw him there, and then uh, Hot the Shade got ra- it was it it didn't get canceled, mm-hmm. but the rumor was it got canceled. Really? Uh, they were doing an outdoor venue. It was a, a horrible rainstorm. At Tinley Park. In Tinley Park. Yeah. And uh, how do you remember, how do you know that? I just follow concerts. I mean, I, but yeah, I mean, Tinley Park has got kind of a reputation. That's the one where they, it was all day long. They said it was going to be canceled. And so my brother and I, I had a show that night. Yeah. And I said, come to my show and then we'll go to the venue. And uh, it wasn't even the internet, but it was like the radio was giving you updates on. Right. Or, the, or you call the venue. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. It's like, okay, well, all right, well, you know, let's just hang out here at the bar. All right. And then we we're driving home and I said, uh, uh, you know, let's take this way, whatever, who gives a shit why I was driving a certain <laughs> way. And uh, we see traffic leaving the fucking venue. Yeah. And then uh, it came out that they did the show for, again for like a thousand people or something because oh, everybody else thought it was sold out. <laughs> but we would have gone and sat in the rain and watched it. a great it. show. Yeah. yeah. I bought my tickets. That and... was an awesome tour. Yeah. That was my first tour seeing them. Was it really? Yeah. But how do you know that about Tinley Park? That's fascinating. Well, because they have a reputation as being a horrible place to see concerts. Oh, it's a horrible venue. Yeah, it used to so be called the World Music Theater. You back me up. No, because I... Because he's Chris Sinzak. That's why. All right, prefer it off. That's why. Because I'm a geek. But, uh, no, I... Uh, a lot of this started with uh, the reunion tour. Um, the internet was very young at the time when the reunion tour happened. And there were websites where, like, Kiss FAQ... No, Kiss Asylum was the website at the time. That was the Kiss website. And you still go there from time to time? No, Kiss Asylum is kind of a dead site. They, they, they post news, but they used to have a great message board. And also, but during the reunion tour, they were the hot place to be because people could email in their show reviews from the night before. Okay. So, which to, to this day, I remember being amazed by like, wow, I can read about the show from last night yeah, yeah. on this computer. Yeah. And it only takes 20 minutes to download it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was in my college computer lab. And uh, Netscape Navigator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and uh, so I remember reading the, sh- the the reviews. Every day I would rush to my computer lab to read the reunion to reviews. And then after about five days of doing that, I'm like, fuck. They play the same damn songs every night. Yeah. Yeah. And the same mm-hmm. the same gags every... Because I'm thinking, oh, this night Ace is going to do this. And this night Gene's going to do that. And maybe this night they're going to play Baby Driver. Who knows? Sure, they're going to break it into... Yeah. The worst song ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. We disagree on this. Really? Yeah, I love that song. I know it the story behind it. Ain't the it. worst. It say it again? It ain't the worst Kiss song ever, I don't think. It's... Uh, What's wrong with it? It's got a great solo. Is the music bad, or is it I, the lyrics? It's probably the lyrics. I also think it... You know... Dun, dun, go, baby driver. Been driving on down that road. <laughs> I don't know. Even, even when I was a ride, kid, or... when I bought that... <laughs> Like oh this thing stinks. I will tell you what the story, what the lyrics mean. Sure, because you guys, because like there's a few things I want to address tonight because you guys asked about 
things that Decibel Geek would know. Is that true? Yeah. I know we said yeah. that, but so I don't remember So I'm going to answer are. your questions. Okay. Because um, <laughs> uh, he's Chris Sinzak. I'm telling you. Baby Driver was written before Peter was in Kiss, and it was he was in a band called Chelsea. Right. And there was a guy in the band named Michael Brand, and not Michael Brandvold, but there was a guy named Michael Brand, and uh, he was kind of a privileged guy, like like came from money. And Peter and Stan Penridge were broke. And I guess Michael Brand's parents or family had given him this really nice, I think it was an Austin Healey or something, a really nice fancy car. And they used to travel like a long way like by bus to go do their rehearsals. And the day that Michael Brand got that car, they were like, well, pick us up, man. We'll all ride to the rehearsal studio. He's like, no, nah, sorry, guys. I'll see you there. And he was a douchebag to them. Okay. So the song Baby Driver is written about him. Ah, all right. Like privileged child. Huh. I like the backstory. I still don't You like still the hate song. the song, man. I was hoping to sell you on it. <laughs> no, you couldn't sell me. <laughs> okay. Was that my clunker from that album? Is that I think it was. Yeah, it was both you and Pat's clunker from that album. I don't think it's a bad song, though. And just so I, I think that. See You in Your Dreams is a worse song than what is? Baby Driver. See You in Your Dreams. No, that's a nice song. It's okay, but I'd rather listen to Wait, that. See You, Feel You in, in My Dreams. No, that's a better song than Baby Driver. I like it. I like all the songs on that record, though. Yeah. It's a great record. Yeah, it is. But I like Peter's voice. I don't disagree with that. I like I like, especially on the hard rock songs, there's not enough of those. Although Hooligan does suck. Won't go to school again. Oh. Won't go. No. Not fool again. No, no, no. I think it's fair that I, I, as I was, uh, as Pat and I were both revisiting uh, all of the because I went through it. I just yeah. bought them all on vinyl again. And, oh, you uh, bought that whole set? No, I bought the set. Oh, I don't know if you bought that big road case. Thing. I'm not. I'm stupid. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> that uh, I'm still saving up for it. <laughs> I mean, right, Someday it'll take be out a second mortgage. Right, one day <laughs> you would have to. Uh, but I went. I was. Uh, uh, just going back and just getting piecing them together. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it was like I was so excited to get Love Gun. Yeah, and Love Gun uh, has not aged well. It has not aged well at all. No, what a great, no. what a polite way of putting it. No, it's not. It's there's a lot of clunkers on that record. It really, yeah. and, but at the time, but the songs that are good on it are so. Oh, good. I, but what? But what is? Yeah, but then the songs that are. But bad which ones are good, Aaron? Which which? Uh, I mean, shit, I would say Shock Me is pretty I mean, awesome. Gun. Shock Me's great. He named his son uh, Ace, just so you know. Yeah, my son's legal. Supervision. I should have known. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is on Love Gun? Um, stole your love. I stole your love. Those are great songs. Right. So those are two great songs. I think that is their ultimate concert opening song. Dun, 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 dun. I stole your love. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's a great song. I like Almost Human because that's like a cool, scary Gene yeah. song. Right. I think that's a good one. Um, I know I don't like Then She Kissed Me. Well, that's where I did. It's just a lame cover. Yeah. That shouldn't be on the other. They could have put an original on there. Uh, but like then she kissed me sucks. Got love for sale is eh. love for sale is awesome. I love that riff. Is it awesome because you don't hear it all the time in concert, or is it awesome because it's awesome? I think it's just awesome. I think a lot it's of fans awesome. love that song because it just dun, doesn't get played dun, live. Dun, I dun, 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 dun. I like it. I do too. Uh, it's okay. I think I don't like Christine Sixteen. I See, I disagree with you on that. I think that's See, a good Christine Sixteen is awesome too. But I think to me, it's like it, it, here's these guys. Here's oh, well, I know you don't like the blank, 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 This horrible <laughs> keyboard. Yeah, that's like, it, it, it just kind of shows them being chameleons as opposed to having to be having instead yeah. of having their own voice. Right. Like right. it's Kiss. That's who Kiss is. And all of a sudden, something they're not. Here comes this trying to, and they, like, uh, they were following some sort of trend that I don't even understand at that point. 
I don't know if they're well. The Happy Days trend, maybe. Maybe some Elton John or something. Maybe they thought, well, you know, Elton John's pretty big. You know, let's add a little maybe little piano to it. You know, and I maybe, appreciate you helping uh, support my shitty uh, theory. But, well, I mean, I mean, even look at like Beth, because I mean, before before Beth, Kiss was a hard rock band. You know, they were dirty, Beth they were scary, band, and then once Destroyer came out. It was different because it was produced in a different way. Right. It had songs on there like Beth, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, Housewives, No Kiss. Yeah, yeah. And so, before then, without that experiment with Beth, it's like, okay, well, we were this hard rock band, but but then there was Beth. And so, you know, just maybe we could nail another Beth with trying something different. Maybe. And maybe going like kind of like an Elton John role with a song like that with the keyboards. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't. Is that a stretch? Mm. Hey, what, <laughs> you know better than I do. I can't. Uh, well, you I, know, Beth was not originally written for Kiss, right? Well, no, I don't know that. Beth was recorded by Chelsea. Oh, is that right? It was an acoustic yeah. song. And mostly the same. I mean, at least melodically. Ezrin turned it inside out, made it into a piano song, added the orchestra, and they changed the lyrics. I mean, it was changed a lot, but if you hear the Chelsea version, you're like, okay, I can hear where Beth came from. Okay. But, I mean that song. That song saved the band. I mean yeah. that Destroyer was sunk. It was, it was dying on the charts. And then here comes. And then Beth got played on the radio, and all of a sudden it was big. So I mean it, it saved it because Alive was a hit. But they would have just been a big live band, I think. Yeah. Because people didn't seem to take to D- Detroit Rock City, which is crazy because it's an awesome song. Yeah. I, which I never need to hear again, though. That's Oh, the, yeah, I'm, I'm fine never hearing it again. I, they, they could drop that from the set that list. That one, Rock and Roll, and I, I don't... And even Love Gun. Love Gun's a great song. Love Gun, itself, they could drop from the set tomorrow. But they, they play, they've played it on every single tour. Yes. But yet, every time I hear Rock and Roll on all night on the radio, I think, why the fuck don't they play Detroit Rock City or Love Gun? You know? I never hear Love Gun. But that's Gun. on the radio. I right. hear Detroit yeah, Rock City for live. But they only play rock and roll all night. That's yeah. the only song I ever hear. Yeah, pretty much in Nashville is, at least. I don't right? know. What about in LA? Do they play much Kiss in LA? I don't think they do. Yeah, I, I listen to Sirius. Uh, yeah, I don't listen to really much radio anyway. And if they uh, if they do, they're yeah, it's probably just rock and roll all night, like That's on, it. on uh, mm. Jack FM or something. That'll right, be the right. song that pops up. It just up. comes up randomly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I yeah, I'd be fine hearing never hearing that or Detroit Rock City again. Calling Doctor Love's a good tune. I mean, that one, great. That one deserves yeah. more radio play. We used to uh, a, a, a quick anecdote. Yeah. Uh, I was at this girl named Shannon Matz's house, M A T T S, and uh, we kept on calling WLS in Chicago, and saying, "Can you play the new Kiss song?" And we had never heard Calling Doctor Love. We had mm-hmm. never heard it, and so we would call, and we were at this DJ. We were getting on his nerves, and he's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're gonna get to it, guys. Yeah, you got it, brother. You're gonna get to it. Yeah, don't worry. Hey, hang in there, man. Gonna get to it." And we keep calling, and again, we never heard it. Right. And what a dick. <laughs> we, we call up, and we go, uh, like, maybe the 12th time. Yeah. And, again, this is the 70s, where, you know, it probably cost money to be yeah. calling from this person's phone to do right? this. Yeah, yeah. And so we call again, and he goes, he goes, it's on right now, dumb fuck. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, it was, and it was like, that's how out of it we're. Like, they're playing Calling Dr. Love, and we had no idea. It was a, And we just kept them saying, can you play the new kiss? Can you play the new kiss? And he's like, it's coming up, it's coming up. It's on right now, dumb fuck. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh, to this day, uh, he has my respect for calling me a dumb fuck. And, uh, You're like, I would have done the same. And then we turned it on, and we literally then 
ran to the radio, turned it on, and caught it as it was ending. So we still didn't even get to hear it. As, uh, oh, can, can, yeah. can, you, can you play it again, please? <laughs> you leave me the fuck alone. Like, I'm sorry, sir. You were busy calling me a dumb fuck. <laughs> right. so. I did want to have a chance to hear it. Yeah, that was. Uh, yes, sir. It's it's the dumb fuck calling again. Yeah, I'm back. Can you play it again. Just missed yeah. it. Sorry. I promise I won't call you back. Oh, One more time. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh man. And now, deep thoughts with Gene Simmons. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a road and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Dollars and bitches, y'all. Dollars and bitches. Ow! Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. coming back with a quick break before we get back to our good times with jimmy pardo man you guys were just scratching the surface with this one it's about to get really really good but before we get back into it i want to let you guys know once again that our good friend daryl alber has a bunch of great stuff for you this week over at hk collectibles inc you can get cool stuff like a 54 card lot of the kiss 1978 don Russ trading cards Hell to the yeah. I love those. those we, talked awesome. to, we talked about that on this show. That's awesome. He's also got a ticket from the KISS convention in Hackensack, New Jersey, as well as a ticket from the KISS Hot in the Shade Tour show in Pittsburgh. Has anybody been to those shows? Have you lost your ticket? Would you like to have one in a frame? Bam. There you go. He's got that and all kinds of cool stuff. It's not just rock and roll. He's got all kinds of rare collectibles, stuff you're probably not going to see anywhere else. HK Collectibles is kind of like an online museum where you can buy stuff. He's also got Playboys from the early 70s. And you can make an offer on the stuff. That's the cool thing about Daryl. He will he will work with you if, if you if you say you're tight on cash but you see something you gotta have and you mm-hmm. say man I can only really give up this much for it. Yep. Daryl's a cool guy. He'll yeah. work with you if you can. And get those Playboys if you're a Bush fan. So if you're doing that, a great way to get there is click on the HK Collectibles banner at decibelgeek.com. That's where the action is. The mothership of rock and roll. You want to read some awesome articles by amazing rock and roll journalists. You want to see some really cool videos of people from all over the world catching our favorite bands and sharing the footage. All that and a whole lot more. You get your Decibel Geek t-shirts there. And right there, along with the HK Collectibles Inc. banner, is the Amazon banner. Our personal Amazon banner. Not any, just anybody can use this. Just just you awesome people. So when you go through our banner, what you're doing is you're helping us. You click on it, it takes you to Amazon, you get whatever you get. You buy whatever you want to buy. And when you're done, you check out. When you're done checking out, you pay your price. Now you're not paying anything extra. No extra fees, no charges, nothing like that. So you pay just that. Yep. And then Amazon, once they collect, 
they take a piece of that because we sent you to them through our link and they give it to us. Yes. And along with that little bit of money they give us, that adds up and adds up and adds up because more and more people are using our banner all the time. We get the list. The list of goodies. Do we got any dirty stuff on there this week, man? No, nothing too dirty. Nobody's rising to the Sinzak challenge? No. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I don't get your name, but give me something real juicy to read off. He wants to see some nighties and stuff on here. Some yeah, not on you. I just I just want to see some, the list. Some kiss nighties. Yeah, unless well, unless you're the female persuasion, that's okay. But but yeah, you guys, I don't need to see you in a nighty. Yeah, no pictures of Baco wearing the kiss nighty, please. Oh no, God. Okay, so what did we get? What what were right. people buying through our link? I'm trying to get that image out of my head now. All right. <laughs> Ruined everything. Yeah. All right. So some of the notable purchases on Amazon for this week. Uh, a Sony DVD 100-pack spindle. Somebody's pirating. Uh, Chaco Women's Z2 Classic Athletic Sandal. $100 sandal. Wow. Fancy. What's it do? Does it fly? I don't know. Must do something awesome. Maybe it's ex-kiss guitar. No. You hit a button, um, and then the space boots come out from underneath them. Maybe. Or the teeth. And a, uh, an Intex 12 foot by 30 inch metal frame pool set. Somebody bought a pool through our Amazon. And it's metal. And it's very metal. Uh, a U.S. flag was bought. God bless America. Fuck yeah. Uh, MP3s. Somebody uh, really likes Prince because Bambi, Delirious, I'm Yours, Pop Life, Something in the Water, Sometimes It Snows in April, Thieves in the Temple, and You Got the Look were bought. Yeah. Some people are still in mourning. I understand. You know, that it's, may. It's hard to lose somebody you love. You that know? may be from uh, the recent uh, Rock and Metal Combat podcast episode that they did uh, dedicated to Prince. That could sure and be. they because are referring their people to our Amazon link. They sure are, and we appreciate it very much, all you listeners yes. from the Rock and Metal podcast, yep. Combat podcast, that do your shopping so through our like link. So we'd like to thank the governor of Louisiana for changing the law so we can get that money. Nice. Thank you very much. Um, and for full albums, Mud Crutch 2 was bought. That's Tom Petty's old band. Yeah. Dangerous Toys, self-titled. Right on. We were just playing some of that not too long ago. Humble Pie, Rockin' the Fillmore, and the Definitive Collection. Heck yeah. Rough Cut, self-titled, and Rough Cut Wants You was bought. So right on. Billy Hardaway's been shopping. That's cool. Death, Scream Bloody Gore was bought. Ooh, metal. Dockin' Up from the Ashes, and Lynch Mob, Wicked Sensation. Great albums. I always especially like it when people buy their rock and roll through our link, especially... When I see that it's bands that we have featured or have been talking about, and it makes me know that somewhere out there, the rock and roll light switch is going off in somebody's head, and they're saying, oh, yeah, that band. Yes. I need to go buy that through the Decibel Geek link. Another cool thing before we get back to our mm -hmm. talk that you can do is you can join us up because we got something cool going on over at Patreon for our VIPs. And just to let everybody know, for our VIPs this week, yeah. you're getting some VI Pardo. Oh yeah, yeah. Some extra content some that you're not VVI Pardo that you're not getting on the show here. It's some really cool <laughs> stuff, and I hope our VIPs really enjoy it. You get that, you get the Chris and Aaron show, yeah. you get the Decibel Geek news, all that good stuff. Yes. Check it out at decibelgeek.com. Become a VIP. Yep. It's like the uh, the back room at the party. Yeah, or if you're one of Jimmy's listeners, it's like being in the Players Club just for us. That's it. Perfect. Are you ready to get back to it? Let's do it. Awesome. Well, talk a, well, tell, me, tell me a little bit about your uh, record company days. Well, I worked, uh, I, well, I managed record stores. Yeah. In, uh, in 80, uh, from 84 to 80, 
seven. Okay. And from 87, 89, I worked for MCA Records. Okay. And um, uh, I wasn't good. I was. I was. I wasn't. Wasn't good at it. When I worked for MCA, I wasn't good at my job. <laughs> what did you do for MCA? I was a sales rep. Okay. What uh, does a sales rep do? Sales rep is. Uh, here's how it came to be. I'll bore you with this. I was managing a record store called Oranges Records and Tapes in Naperville, Illinois. I, used to, I live right next to it. Oh, right, you were right there. I, was in Ohio. I went to Naperville all the time. Oh, that, uh, you probably, I probably went store. to that store. Wait, hang on. How old were you? Been in '87? I was '87. Uh, I was nine. Maybe you can. Maybe. I was buying records. Maybe. Man. So you're good friends with Chips Enough. He's from Blue Island. Yeah. Blue Island. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, my mom used to work at a bank in Blue Island, and remembers uh, when his mom came in, or at least at the time, told me the story of. A woman came in today and said uh, that her band, her sons just got signed to a major label, and uh, that's and, nice, Mrs. Enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mrs. Enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's how she signed her checks. I'm sure. Yeah, you're from a bank. <laughs> uh, but that would, but I never heard of them. You know, yeah. She yeah. said some band called uh, Enough's Enough. I'm like, I, I, oh, good luck to them. I don't know anything about them. Right. And then of course they, you know, they had that. Uh, is it Fly High Michelle? Fly High Michelle, yeah. which is a great song. It is. Right. Yeah. Um, so, or, so yeah, I was managing this uh, Orange's Records and Tapes. Not well. Wasn't I? I, 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 I was. Uh, I didn't care. Uh, but we had no business. It was a really slow store. And uh, so the head of MCA, Chicago, a guy named Jim Haldeman, uh, would come by more often than he should, be, being the head of MCA. Mm-hmm. And once I figured, once I got the job in MCA, I knew what he was doing. He was going home early because uh, he lived in Naperville. He would come, uh, but he was able to write it off as a work thing if he stopped yeah. by to say hello to me for two seconds. Oh, I gotcha. So he would come in and like, why the fuck is that guy from MCA coming in here twice a week? It seems insane. <laughs> but he would always funny. come in and it was dead. Yeah. And so I had time to put up beautiful displays. Like right. I had time to put up, you know, back in when record stores had displays oh, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Which I loved. Those yes. were so cool. So cool. Yeah. And, and then, you know, to do them and get the staple gun out and yeah. do all the displays. So I was doing that and uh, so I had these great displays and the guy's like, boy, you really care about your store. And I, yes, sir. Yes, I do, Mr. MCA. I care about my story. I was like, I'm just bored out of my fucking mind. I'm the only one. I mean, like, <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody has to. Somebody has to care about this place a little bit. So uh, he said, uh, there's an opening in the... We're, we're creating a position, the head of jazz yeah. uh, at MCA. And so you would oversee, you know, chess, GRP, and some other things. Uh, you know, the other uh, labels that... Uh, Wyndham Hill. No, that was A&M. Sorry. At any rate. Yeah. The jazz. Uh, maybe I can work my way up to metal. That's what, right? I was yeah. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I kind of thought, like, well, maybe that'll get me in. Uh, and, and that was the brass ring, working for a label. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, that, that's, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. 84 to 87, hell yeah. It was you know, a that was prime big time. deal. And so, like, working in a record store and, and being a, and even calling the label and saying, can you get me, like, that's how I got backstage passes for Kiss for yeah. Analyzed. Is the, the woman Pam from Polygram, yeah. uh, Mercury Polygram, gave me the uh, gave me the passes. So it's like, well, if she's giving them to me. I'm just some asshole in the small store. If I work at the label, I'm going to be backstage for every show. Yeah. So and promos and hanging out. And so that was the brass ring. That's what we all wanted in the record in, in the record store world. Right. So he offers come in interview with the the, the guy from L.A. is coming interview for the jazz job. Mm-hmm. I, I had no business. I didn't know any, I didn't know I, so tell me what do you know about jazz it's interesting to the ear <laughs> like I had nothing you know what I mean it's like uh, I like Lee Rittenauer like that's yeah. maybe all I was able to say um, Peter Chris, man I'm big sure. Peter Chris fan <laughs> he's got that swing right. sir it's this jazz right and yeah. that's the day Jimmy was fired uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I interviewed for the job and, and, and had no and, and left there knowing 
there was no way I was going to get that job. It, but the neat part about that, what I remember about that interview was, the guy said, well, how much money are you looking to, uh, what's it going to take to get you to leave your job to come here? And Jim Haldeman, the head of the Chicago branch, looks at my resume and goes, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was working retail. I was, I was making yeah, whatever like, that was no in the mid-80s. Problem. I was making three bucks an hour or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was retail money. And, and this was crazy record money. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, they were throwing money around. Six-figure money. Like It was like, what's it going to take for me to take this? You saying you want this job. That's what it's going to take. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, the money's not... That doesn't, I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah, it's, get me out of this fucking... Get me store. out of a record store. It's <laughs> backstage passes. <laughs> right, that, that, that's my payment. Right. So, I, I didn't get that job. Yeah. And he said... Uh, but he called me up and he goes, you didn't get the jazz job, but I'm going to have another opening soon and uh, I'm going to keep you in mind. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a month and a half later, he comes into my record store and he goes, a guy in the sales department's leaving. Uh, you want the job? And I said... Uh, well, all right, I guess I got to think about it because I still, I didn't know. It's like, do you talk to your mom and dad about this? What do you do when you're right. making that big of a life decision? Right. And he goes, what do you mean you got to talk to somebody? He goes, I'm offering you a job at MCA Records. Yeah. And he goes, in fact, give me the phone. And he grabs the phone and he calls my boss and he goes, I'm giving Jimmy, uh, Jim Pardo's uh, two-week notice. Uh, I just hired him in MCA. And I even heard the other guy go, what? <laughs> and it, because I was this little store. I wasn't. I wasn't even a district manager. I was nothing. I was just this manager of a record store. That's an amazing yeah. connection you That's, made. And cool. so it's like this guy who basically was just writing mileage off on his car. Yeah. Uh, liked you enough to get you. I mean, enough. So he offers me this job. I take the MCA job. They, I go there. I'm the youngest guy there. Yeah. They're all lifers. I shared an office with a woman named Joyce Kelman, who was a legendary record exec uh, back in the 80s. This old Jewish woman, wonderful, knew everything. Uh, but she was 60. Like, I mean, she was this older lady, and everybody there was older. And uh, I wasn't well-liked because I was this young... Yeah. Everybody saw me as as, as Jim's uh, little... Uh, what the F is the phrase I'm looking for? Um, project? Yeah, pro- whatever, thank you. Yeah. Like Jim's project. Oh, he, because I, people that were under me wanted this job. Right. And they, were, oh, and they yeah. weren't even offered it. And here's this asshole coming in off the street... And so, like, this one guy named John hated me. And uh, he don't know shit about jazz. <laughs> That's the guy. <laughs> Thinks Charo's a good guitarist. <laughs> so, Charo's by the way, she is. I don't know why I had to throw her under the bus. So, uh, I, and I, I would have taken his job at Harper. He was the guy. John was the guy that went around to the record stores doing the displays. Yeah. And, and uh, being the, uh, the account uh, rep. Right. Yeah. And I'm a sales guy who had to make quotas who had to sell and I would have loved to have been the guy going around and stapling up flats and posters that would have been a a dream but uh, he hated me because I had the job he wanted I would have traded that second Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working for MCA and I'm as great as it was you know I'm hanging out I I, I mentioned Elton John I I met Elton John a couple of times Uh, I introduced my mom and stepdad to Elton John Uh, and you know uh, uh, who else was usually Tom, Tom Petty and Tiffany and Belinda mm-hmm. Carlisle and whoever was on MCA or IRS records. Right. Uh, you know, I was at every uh, Steel like Steel Pulse would open up for somebody, and because Steel Pulse was an MCA band, mm-hmm. I would be backstage with Steel Pulse, and then here's Deep Purple as the headline, like wow. that. So I'm, it was I'm fucking twenty years old hanging out with rock stars, and, yeah. and uh, Steel Pulse is going. Where's Jimmy? Yeah, where, where's the MCA yeah, guy? He's yeah, getting autographed. Reba McIntyre to bring it into the Nashville area. Yeah. Uh, who was the nicest woman in the world. 
um, a lot of country because NCA was huge in country then. Yeah, they were. Reba and Steve Warner, especially in those days. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else was the uh, uh, Ray Stevens. Uh, <laughs> I lived near my grandparents. Ray, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it wasn't. You know, I was doing that. And it was great. Yeah. It was so, great. So you're doing sales, but what are you selling? I I'm mean, are you... I'm selling MCA. Okay. Product. And while we had huge hits with Bobby Brown and New Edition and Tiffany and Fine Young Cannibals and Tom Petty, uh, we would also have to sell, like, the new Little River Band, which, <laughs> it's a fine album. They're, yeah. I don't dislike the Little River Band. A little band. out of so, But it's 89. <laughs> yeah. It's a shit. Are you yeah. calling radio stations? No, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't an AR guy. I was calling record stores. Okay. So I would call the record stores. And my biggest chain was Flipside Records, which had like maybe 13 stores. And I was I was the guy that handled most of the Ma and Pa stores. Yeah. Okay. So I would have to call Discount Records and go, uh, all right, so uh, you got the new release sheet. Uh, you know, what do you want? And this was back when it was, L, you basically, you Albums would be, uh, they would come in like 30, 30 albums to a box, 25 CD, uh, cassettes to a box, and then mm-hmm. CDs, people would get, at that time, would be like, well, give me two CDs. Yeah, because they were... Yeah. There was nothing. Brand new. And uh, yeah. so the Little, like, the Little River Band is one that I always bring up, because in my very first meeting, they said, um, and we got the new Little River Band album coming out, and so we're going to really want to push that one, guys. That one's what we, And I, I go, why? Nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> And then the meeting ended, and my boss goes, Jim, can you stick around a bit? Uh, I go, yeah. And he goes, we don't talk in our meetings. We just listen, and then dude. go about our day. I'm like, yeah. okay. But I would have to call, to answer your question, I would have to call the record stores and go, and so you got your new release list there, uh, what do you want on Little River Band? And they would go, nothing. Nothing, yeah. And they would go, and I would say, come on, man, you got to help me. You got to, and I'd have to be that guy. Yeah. You got to buy, at least buy, go one one one. Give me one 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 on that. Give me one album, one. So I, I have to make it look like I've done it. And he goes, well, how is it? I go, how, what do you mean, how is it? It's Little River Band in 89. It's not going to fucking sell. Yeah. yeah. And There's so no it was that. Thing. And so that, that was the part of it that I hated, was having to, and I was too honest about it. Right. I couldn't lie and go, it's going to be great, brother. It's going to be great. Little Red Red, they're back, man. They're back. It's going to be yeah. just the other. They just did a song with Run DMC. It's going to be It's going to be <laughs> So then the record store has to listen to you and decide, am I actually going to move any of these CDs right. that they're sending me? Yeah. Or albums or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and they knew their store better than I did. But yeah. they would, so, but they could always return it. But that, that was a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. And so... Uh, Easier to tell you no. And that was the other thing. It's like, <laughs> I had no incentive to, to push 30 Little River Bands on them because they're going to send 30 back. Right. And then that would come out of my commission. Right. So why would I play that game with myself? Like, oh, I'm going to get it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get it. Oh, no, I'm not going to get no, it. Right. But because Mr. Record Executive can look good to the Little River Band by sending right. 30 copies to the record store. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it you know, it, I had just started doing stand-up to uh, maybe... Maybe a year into me being at MCA, yeah. I started yeah. to stand up, and then it became apparent that like, I, and then I was I was awful at my job at MCA. It was just an ex- it was a place to go, and and have a phone to make my calls to get stand up bookings, oh, and so nice. I would show up and I would come every day, and I would be uh, they 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 offered us uh, we had moved to a new location and we had to share an office with somebody, and somebody said or somebody could be uh, we have one extra. Uh, if anybody wants to share, uh, I have their desk in the storage room. And I was like, I'll take that one. And they're like, you want to be in the storage room? Like, yeah, I, wanna yeah. Be, I don't want to be in a fucking room with somebody else. I want to be by myself you, calling right. for my stand-up gigs. Yeah. So I would be in there and I'd be booking gigs. Okay, I can, take, uh, I can do that Tuesday through Sunday. And uh, hang on. And somebody would come in to get paper. Yeah. And then they would leave and I'd go, okay, I'm back. Right. And uh, 
But it was great. I mean, it was, it was, I know I'm shitting all over it because I didn't care. I cared about stand up. Yeah, um, that was your passion. But it was, I mean, I was 22, 21, 23 yeah. years old. Yeah. 23, work, working in the record business. And, you know, at, uh, at, in the 80s, when the record business was still happening. Something, yeah. And it was, and it was, Pro- it probably was Probably cool. peak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, records were flying off shelves back then. It was, yeah. it, it, you know, we, we went out to L.A. right when Bobby Brown's album was about to come out. The, uh, the what's my prerogative on it? Uh, his um, second solo album, but what's that called? Don't be cruel. Maybe his name of the album. Maybe you guys might know the R and B scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, we're we're at this big convention. And I did mention Bobby Brown last week. You did really? Yeah. Well, look at that. We're yeah, wrong I, one. That was the wrong one. We're talking about the chick. Oh, you mentioned the cherry pie. Talking about the cherry pie chick. But I'm like, no, it's the guy from my prerogative. Ah, so. nice piece of humor. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hanging out with him at this at this convention. And Kim Carnes, it was like, it, it was just this really, King Diamond, there we go. King Diamond, King Diamond did a great thing, and they had that song, It's Time for Tea. Yeah. Is, that, is that the name of the song? Did I get that right? so, right? I'm not a big King Diamond guy. They, they, they suck. <laughs> With the exception, I thought I would get uh, something about metal. Yeah. Uh, but that song, It's Time for Tea, was great. And maybe it's not, maybe I just remember this. So we're, it's this convention where... Uh, it's all, you know, basically, it could have been vacuum cleaners. They're talking to us about what's going to happen in 1989 or 19... I forget what year right. I was at this convention. And it was at Universal uh, City in Los Angeles. And it's just people talking in numbers and just a seminar after seminar. And we're taking notes on, you know, you know oh, Tom Petty, can you write that shit? And then all of a sudden, and then they would mix it up with performances. So, okay. like, Bobby Brown would get up and do a song, or Tiffany would get up and do a song, and... Uh, all of a sudden, it's time. We didn't know it was going to be King Diamond. The lights go out, and of course, everybody panics, like everybody does when the lights go out. So I was scared. What the fuck's going on? The lights are off, and then you just hear this crunching music, and somebody yells out, "It's time for tea!" <laughs> and the head of, I think, is it Roadrunner? I think Roadrunner. Yeah, I think that was his label. Uh, yeah. Is is running down the aisle with the with the King Diamond in a wheelchair, but he's got an old lady mask on. And he's running down the aisle with this old lady, and then he stops. The grandma and thing that he did, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he falls out of the wheelchair and then jumps up, and then they do time for tea, just this, and it woke the place up. Oh, well, yeah. And again, <laughs> it, that song might suck, because I don't think uh, I've heard it since then. But in that setting. But in that setting. Yeah. It must have been awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome. It was like, I fucking love King Diamond. Grabbed your attention. Yeah. <laughs> So it was that. The long story short, uh, long story long, really. Uh, uh, that's cool. I wanted to hear about it though, because like I hear you reference it at times. Yeah. But I was like, I wanted to hear more detail about it. But yeah, well, of course, King Diamond got sued around that time by Gene Simmons to bring it back to Kiss. Yes, right. Yeah, because well, they were both dressing like old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, very hey. nice. Very nice. Gene's B. Arthur attire. Jeez, what a mess that era. was. Yeah, more makeup than the in the eighties than in the seventies. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gene sued him over the the face paint and yeah. like the design that he that. had, and he won too. But it wasn't really that similar. It was it, what it was. It, then Alice Cooper should have sued them all. Yeah, Alice you know, Cooper like, actually beats all of. We just saw him live recently. How was that? Oh, oh man, man. still great, right? Yeah, yeah, hasn't lost a thing. Really good. Yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah, awesome. Have you seen, seen? Have you seen him live? Not not in years. I saw him on the uh, Raise Your Fist and Shout. Is that Raise, the name Raise of your fist and yell. All right, close. Yeah, that was an MCA record. Yeah, and it Constrictor. Was. Yeah, those two. Yeah, those were the MCA. MCA. The MCA years. Uh, so I saw him there and. Uh, we uh, interviewed the producer of those records, Michael Wagner. And, and, and the guitarist was, don't give it to me, I'm going to pull it. 
It's the same so, guitarist on both. Sylvester Stallone. It is, but he and he had a solo album. And he looked yes. like an asshole on the cover. He's a great guitar player. I know, right? But he he didn't do himself any favors by whatever management told him to play up his, his guns. Image. Yeah, because uh, he's and he's holding his guitar. It's almost like the, it's the like a machine gun. Uh, the Ted Nugent uh, Weekend Warriors cover, yes, right? Yeah, he's holding yeah. it like that. Yeah. Machine gun looking thing. Oh, yeah. give me the initials, please. KR. Damn it. K's not a, it's not a real name, right? No, it's his name. Ah, oh, fuck. Kane Roberts. Yep. That's there it. Is. <laughs> when we, we talked to Michael Wagner, we asked him one time, out of, you know, there's a lot of bands that you probably produced that you knew, you know, were going to be huge. Was there anybody that you ever thought was going to be huge that just didn't? Like, you really believed in it, really thought it was going to be massive yeah. and it just didn't take off? Kane Roberts. Kane Roberts. Yeah. Did he say why? Well, he did a solo album, but he's just. I think he, he said the said, record company didn't really push it. He did much. the solo album. He said it was amazing. Like the music, the everything was just amazing. He's a great musician. But did I sell that it. record? Was that on MCA? I think it apparently was. you didn't sell enough. Of apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're here today. But that, that cover sucked. I mean, it, I, yeah. I, I, I think that hurt him. I think that cover hurt him. It's yeah. Like you put that out, and it's like, well, who's this asshole? Was it that? Was it purple? Well, it was, it was like him with a purple silhouette or something. Making a big muscle holding yeah. the guitar, yeah. And so you couldn't take him seriously as a guitarist because it, no, like, it was like it was gimmicky. It was gimmicky. But he was great. Player. But he was great. And he still, mm-hmm. I think he still roided it up though. He, like he's still humongous. Is he really? Yeah, but yeah, great player. But yeah, no, yeah, those were the MCA years for yeah. us. But yeah, well, that's it's, funny how that worked back then because you would think a gimmick like that would definitely work for somebody in that. Frame right. of time, you know. Well, but... Rambo couldn't have been more popular. Yeah, it well, looked sure like a Rambo cover. He looked right? just like Rambo. And who's the other? Who's the other band where they all look like that? Like it... Manowar. Manowar. Yeah. yeah. With the loincloth. Loincloth. Yeah. And <laughs> lots and lots of body oil. Right. <laughs> right. A lot, a lot of gym time and a little, little, some more rehearsal on the guitars, fellas. Well, so we're doing this for our Christmas in July. Okay. Episode. Are we? I'm having so much fun. I think we should release it. You want to release week. it as a regular yeah. one? Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Cool. So I can't use the really clever title of Kiscussion that I was going to use. Why can't you? Uh, like we hit somebody I think we're going to put this out next discussion. week because it's good to talk in general about things. Well, all right. Well, then let's just make it a general discussion. Is there any hard rock and metal that you're into now? Into than, now? Other than Kiss. That, well, Maiden. I love Maiden. Yeah. yeah. That last, I just saw him, uh, Pat Francis from Rock Solid. Uh-huh. And I yeah, he, he was blown away by that show. He had no idea what he was going <laughs> in. In fact, I, I kept on saying, dude, you're going to be bored out of your mind. Oh, really? Because he, he, he didn't like him. He's like, yeah. yeah, but I feel like I had to experience Maiden once. We're like, okay, you want to spend 150 bucks to experience something? That's on you. Because they're going to yeah. play a lot of deep cuts. They're going to play a lot of deep cuts, yeah. and the deep and cuts are 18 minutes long. Yes. So get ready. Um, and I've seen them, I saw them on the Peace of Mind tour. Oh, wow. And uh, the opening act was Quiet Riot. Nice. And Quiet Riot, sadly, I mean, they were at the peak of their powers. Yeah. And they everybody was there to see Quiet Riot. Oh, really? And so when Maiden came out, they might have, it might have been half a stadium. This was uh, the UIC Pavilion. So it's Quiet Riot's fault that Maiden never plays America. Wow. It, I wonder, right? Because they <laughs> should be. play here more. So everybody, like, after Quiet Riot, like, a good percentage of them left? Yeah. Because, I mean, Quiet no Riot way. was... Well, they were huge in the early it 80s. Was at, right, but still. And they, when they got Maiden. the building, it was just... It was special. It, I don't even know if it was special guest Quiet Riot. It might have just been with Quiet Riot. Yeah. And then, while you, you have your tickets, and, you know, that's back in the day where you had to buy them... A year in advance, basically, and then right. by that point, the Quiet Riot became number one album and number number one for what thirteen weeks or something. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, people just like okay, we saw the band we came to see. You know, we don't need to see this Iron Maiden. Damn. And Maiden was great. Yeah. Well, yeah. They were great. Uh, and then I've seen them a handful of times, but this time 
Mm-hmm. It's the best I've ever seen. Well, you know, and wow. Pat, Pat was talking That's about something. that show yeah. on, on Rock Solid, and I I have to agree with it. I never even really stopped to think about it. But, you know, everybody talks about Greatest Frontman. And, like, Roth gets brought up a lot. Robert Plant gets brought up a lot. But Dickinson doesn't get brought up ever. a lot. But, like, when you really but think about should. it, the guy's Most still performing definitely. at the top of his game yes. after going through fucking cancer. Right. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And, it's, and some of it's ridiculous. He comes out in a wrestler mask. No, that's all part of the show, though. Of course. I'm not saying it's not. I'm no, just saying I mean, it's a little ridiculous. Well, it is, but... I but mean, it works. But it's, he's got yeah. these giant movements and stuff, yeah. and, and he can make... There's and the few voice, people that can take know? an entire arena and make them feel like they're yeah. right on stage with him. It's And he's able to do that. He really... I, mean, I didn't hear Pat mention that, but he's right. Like, why is Bruce Dickinson... But he's like, he should be in that discussion. In but you're right. It's always it's the same. Raw thing. If, if I was going to sit down and put together a top ten, I know Dickinson would be right up there. Yeah, but like a general music listeners, you typically don't hear Bruce Dickinson. Well, what come the up hell do they know? <laughs> exactly. It's a good point. It's a good point. That's true. They listen to other people's shows. Mm. But he never. But he never gets mentioned. It's not like he makes it every now and then. It's never. But like Roth seems to be the go-to, which I'll give the guy credit. Which he is, he a, is great a great show man. You know, you think like. Paul Stanley, David Lee Roth, maybe David Coverdale, you could put in there somewhere. Say Axl Rose, Vince Neil. You gotta give Axl you know, some credit, especially yeah. with how he's doing these days. Jeez. I mean, what do you think of the whole we just, Axl DC thing? Matt Bell and I, my co host on Never Not Funny, and I just made a. Uh, we agreed that if uh, ACDC comes to LA with Axl on vocals, we will go. We'll go. Yeah. Uh, because the clip, I think the clip sounds great. He sounds yeah. good. Yes. Right? Yeah. He's been killing he's, it. He's yeah, exceeded yeah. whatever I expected of him. That's what we were talking about last week, about how cool it is that Axl Rose has kind of turned around this whole perception of himself with by doing this yeah. CDC thing. He's come off very humble about everything. And he has to show up on time, because yeah. he's not, and it's not him. Well, it's yeah, not he's his the band, hired, yeah. I told Aaron, I was like, he's the hired guy for a change. Right. Yeah. He's not the boss. So when he's not the boss, he has to abide by what Angus said. And he has too much respect for Angus Young right. to not do what he says. Right. Well, one would hope that it bleeds into... That's the, what I told him. Right. I was like, I hope this is good for Guns N' Roses. Right. Like, after this is over, it'll be a phone call. It'll be like, hey, Stephen, hey, Izzy, it's Axel. You know, I've really been thinking about where you guys are coming from, and I totally agree. That's you what know, I hope for. Maybe we can work this I out. I think the Appetite for Destruction lineup needs to... But, to it, but let me ask you this. Full-on band and a new album and... But do you think Edler can do it? I mean, he absolutely can do you it. You really yeah. think so? He's been playing with his own band but for the last ten years. Yeah. But have you heard any other? He ain't SM singing. Playing? He ain't writing songs. He, he's playing he's, drums. You really? And you think he's there? Oh, totally. He can. All right, I'll take your word for it. You guys are the metal masters. I don't know. <laughs> the metal masters. We are the metal, are the metal masters. masters. <laughs> now that you mention it, yes, we are, and we do that. say. I have Steve that on can do it. All right. Well, if you guys say you can, I take your word for it. I have that on vinyl. Uh, but uh, uh, no, I think he can do it. Uh, like there was like somebody posted a video from the Nam show from last year out in Anaheim, and like it was he was at a drum booth and somebody was like, "Can you play Rocket Queen from Appetite?" And he's like, "Sure." And they put it on on the cassette and he started playing along with it. And fucking note for note. Really? Okay. I, I was like, he's he still got it. Right. The thing is with him, as long as nobody doesn't offer him any. I was gonna say yeah. the, the two nobody hours on stage are not his problem. You know? it's, yeah. it's the other twenty-two hours. Yeah, yeah. So, that was rough to watch him on uh, celebrity. He, uh, yeah, celebrity rehab. <laughs> rehab. Yeah. yeah, he needs a handler, if not a team of handlers. Yeah, that's his. That's his issue. But I think there's no one that's been waving the flag for that reunion more than that guy. Yeah, right. So yeah. I, I hope he's involved at some point because he deserves it. You know, because he's, he's tried to clean up and sober and get, get right with everything. 
is much, of course that is the the on the long going joke is you know how many drugs do you have to do to get thrown out of guns and right, of course yeah. right especially yeah. when the rest of the band is still doing still drugs right. yeah but uh, he's I think that guy deserves a shot you know and then Izzy Stradlin he's gonna do what he wants to do but I think that guy lives in a camper out in the desert I don't I don't think he even thinks about playing in right you know, so. And I, you know, I don't know enough about that band. Is Gil, is Gil, was Gilby Clark a he replacement was, guy? Yeah, he replaced Izzy. Izzy. He yeah. did. Okay, but, so, he, but he's he not had, back. He hasn't been no. invited back. So it's Slash Axel, Slash Axel, Duff. Slash Axel Duff, and then the other two guys are members of Guns and the new Guns and Okay, who I saw, I saw them. You did. Uh, I think was it Bumblefoot on guitars? Yeah, sound right? yeah, Bumblefoot, and then the guy that's with him now still is Richard Fortas, and he's good, right? He's really yeah, good. Really what, good. And what, is Bumblefoot considered great? Is he's he, a great guitar yeah. player. He's not with the band now. Okay, but uh, Richard Fortas also plays with a great band called the Dead Daisies. Have you heard them? I have heard them. Yes. Yeah. Just in passing, I don't know enough well, about them. And to... John Karabi, who was with Motley Crue, sings with the Dead Daisies now. He's their new singer. All right. So and yeah. Honky Toast. And honk, oh yeah, honky toes. <laughs> is he not in Union anymore? Is Union broken Union's up? Union's been broken up. I, for I a know, long yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they were on MCA. It's your fault. No, but they were not on MCA. <laughs> just they were not. They were on Kulik Records. If I'm not Kulik mistaken. Records. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. If, did you hear me tell? I told the story. I ran into Bruce Kulik on the plane uh-huh. about a month ago, and uh, I I know him. He doesn't know me, and I acted, <laughs> I acted like he knew me. I go, Bruce. <laughs> and he's like, yes. Like, and then it took me. He doesn't know you, dumbass. And then I, I was able to then tell him that we have mutual friends. Right. Nice. But it was. But I, I make fun of myself. Dummy. Yeah. I'd be the same way though. I did that to Frank Wycheck from the Tennessee Titans one time. Frank, what's up? Yeah. In the airport. Hey, man. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Pretty good. Hey, good to you. see you, man. Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had Bruce on our show. We uh, we interviewed him at his hotel when he was here. Oh, you did? I heard I heard that one too. Grand Funk. Oh, cool. And I did hear that. Yeah, that was episode fifty, a long time ago. Way back. But yeah, he uh, couldn't have been nicer. And that was a big big one for me. Yeah. Because Crazy Nights being my first album right. for them. Yeah. But yeah, he was. Super cool, but I would do the same thing. I would say, "Hey, how's it going, man?" He'd probably be like, uh, "Who the hell?" Oh, are he you? looked at me. And then he was just like, "All right," and he had just done Rock Solid. Oh, had so he? I, so I was like, "Dummy," put you know, and he used to date a friend of mine. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I said, "We're you know, we have mutual friend and so and so." I don't want to say her name. In case I know a lot of Kiss trivia, but I don't know this one. You might. I just. Oh, really? Yeah, but I won't. Uh, hmm. I won't bring it up in the air. I'll have to think about that. Uh, okay. And then I said, "And Rock Solid," and he's like, "Oh, right, right, right." In Studio City. And yeah. He, yeah. Studio City, Bruce. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very nice. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, really actually, cool. I've got, yeah, I've got his CD. One of his CDs right here. Yeah, right here. There it is. Yeah. He That's gave, a good album. Yeah, he gave this to me, actually, when we interviewed him. So, yeah. BK3. Uh, but, no, I mean, let's get back to some that of your... when I was in the bathroom. I didn't get those You CD. got nothing? What the hell? No, that was because you were late. Oh. oh. <laughs> time for, the, for the free That's stuff. It. I guess so. So that's a lesson learned right there right <laughs> Bruce I will be on time next time that's true have my CD ready so the Keepers and Clunkers thing was uh, interesting I had to take issue with a couple of your alright go ahead um, although well, one of them I have to take issue with is Pat's which you called him out on it too which one was for the Monster album his pick his Keeper was Back to the Stone Age which is a horrid song I don't mind it you don't mind it I don't mind it Hor- well, I have an issue with you because why? What are you mad at me for? Your, your clunker was eat your heart out. Ugh. That's a great song. I I agree with that. I think that do is. Do you the like? Clunker. Do you not like humble pie? Yeah. 
The band Humble Pie yeah. with Pete Frampton? Yeah. 30 Days in the Hole? Sure. That's where they got that whole intro that you busted on from. Mm, all right. <laughs> well, uh, look, the whole point it's is all you, you got to find, a key, the premise was find one a keeper and one clunker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, but the clunker is Take Me Down Below. Cause well, which you, one's that? It's the one where Gene compares his dick to a submarine. Uh, oh, yeah. You're right, you're right. <laughs> That's the clunker. All right. You might be right. <laughs> There's a chance. Keep this in mind. Back to the Stone Ages yeah. there. And Pat's going to hear this. Keep in mind yeah. that maybe by the time I got the monster, yeah. I might have just been picking songs. Yeah. Because right. it, once you're 30 in, it's like, i got to end this nightmare. Yeah. And, I, okay, there's a keeper, there's a clunker. It was hilarious listening to it, though, because I, I, I could hear you getting frustrated. Through. I was like, you, well, you had okay, to get enough. <laughs> as a fan, you had, I mean, we're just two idiots talking about... It was enjoyable, though. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that, because, yeah, I mean, hey, it's worked for us for five years. <laughs> right, yeah, good yeah, point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's... Uh, if we did a Kiss episode every week, we'd be much more popular, but... Probably. We, we like to talk about other things. Sure. But, yeah, like, but do you realize how many Kiss podcasts there are out there? You know what I enjoy, and I'm sure you guys do, do it. I mean, you don't. Maybe there's a rivalry. It's, uh three sides of the coin. You like three sides? I do. I think those guys are okay. I liked it better when Mitch Lafon was on Mitch the show. Was, Mitch Wait, was, no, he has his own thing now, yeah, right? Yes. One on one with Mitch Lafon. Right. Now, what's that but guy's deal? But it's like he it's interviews like, everybody. Yeah, I know. I said on a lot of is a lot of rock where they yeah they post his post his lot. stuff and yeah he. He has more connections than anyone else. We liked it when well, Mitch was on. Mitch was the first was, guest on this show. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, before I was even on. Yeah, the, my episode number one was me and Mitch. And what's his What's his backstory? Is Mitch... Mitch, like, Mitch has been a rock writer for that's, it's 20 a rock plus writer. years. He okay. interviewed Gene Simmons when he was like three years old. Uh, no, he was, <laughs> he was nine. He was at three. Oh, he he killed, killed, yeah. oh, yeah, he killed a bear when he was only three. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, Mitch was... Uh, from Montreal, and his mom was a journalist, and I think she had set up an interview with Gene in 1980, and he was nine, and she had him, Mitch, conduct the interview. Wow. And that was his first interview. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, so he, pretty he cool. So he went to the Aquoin offices in New York and interviewed Gene. In 1980? In 1980, before the makeup was off, so he saw one of the few people that got to see him without his makeup. Isn't that something? Yeah. At nine, too. Yeah. yeah. That was why I wanted him on the show for my first episode, because he had told me this during Facebook chat, because Mitch would post all this Kiss stuff, and I was like, and I had read his stuff, I think in magazines and stuff before, and I was like, this is a kindred spirit. So I'm gonna, I want, it was like, do you want to be my first guest? And he was like, well, I've never done a podcast. I'm like, that's good. Neither have I. Okay. So we both made our podcasting debut on that episode. It's just pretty cool because, like, that was before I ever came on. If you on, could get past the 1950s like sound quality, Chris, it's great. Chris <laughs> and, and Mitch, you know, and, and both of them have gone on to pretty good things podcasting-wise. But it's pretty neat that it all started on the Decibel Geek podcast yeah. with yeah. those two. And then to see where they're at now, it's pretty cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I just get to hitch my ride to it. It's all <laughs> good. But no, I mean, we wouldn't have grown to what we are without you being involved either. You know? No, it's a lot of fun. A lot of stupid ideas we've tried on my behalf over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them have actually worked yeah. out pretty good. Yeah. And others? Well, we just don't. I, I, we don't revisit them. Yeah, right, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, did, well, when did Never Not Funny start? Ten years ago. Ten years. We our first we recorded it the last week of March in 2006. We released, I think, the first week in April. Wow. And uh, I think... I don't know. I've got the dates wrong. But it's definitely 10 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a hell of a commitment. It, uh, you know, we've been through it all. It was, nobody was doing a podcast 10 years ago. Right. And, but we got a nice following and then, you know, the comedy, the comedy podcast boom came. It just exploded. And then, you know, we have a pay model and free. I started listening in late 2010. Oh, great. 
But that's when all everything was blowing up right around that. It time. was. They all came. You know, comedy bang bang. We started a little bit right after us. They were doing a radio show that then turned into a podcast. Right. Uh, and then and now it's TV show, right? No, it's TV show. Yeah, yeah they, right. They, it built out of the podcast. The podcast yeah. Isn't that something we can all aspire to? Right. That would be cool. That would be very cool. <laughs> yes. That metal pun. Hmm, just got. I was going to say. <laughs> and Eddie Trunk is still has, took that idea from all of us. Yeah, well, he just lost his show too. I know. He came on Never Not Funny once. Oh yeah. We had Eddie Trunk on. Uh, uh, we we had him on too. He as long as you well. Well, it's like everybody yeah. says. Eddie Trunk's favorite subject is. Eddie as Trump. long as you talk about his family, you're talking about Eddie Trump. It's, it's a great yeah. interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it because I, I like hearing all those stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, because I have my own and I run my mouth about them. So right. when he had his stories of you know sp- spending time with rock stars and all that, I enjoyed it. But our a lot of especially on a comedy podcast. Yeah. To all of a sudden, here's this rock journalist, right. blowhard. <laughs> and I, I actually mean that complimentary because I again I find him interesting. Yeah, he's right, loaded totally. with information. But if that's not your bag, yeah. that's a long two hours. Right. That's yeah. a long, you know. I don't care what this guy thinks of Joe Elliott, you know. But you're going to hear about it for twelve minutes. All right. You know. So like, yeah. damn, he's on never not funny. He's got to be getting funny here any yeah, minute. At any point. Any well, minute me, now he's going to make me laugh. I just know it. Yeah, did he never did any time? Uh, but it was interesting. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Yes. Right? What, and I know, like I said, you don't have the depth of nerddom about Kiss that we do. But being a Kiss fan and a fan, like I think I hear this with Pat too on on Rock Solid, because you guys, will, the comedy world is not filled with hard rock and metal fans. It's it's mostly it's it's alt, alt and hipsterish tendencies. I, and, 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 and I don't me, mean that as to me, alt is hipster, like in yeah, this yeah, day and age, right. it's Mumford and Sons. Yes, it's, right. that's it's the, the Abbott Brothers. So <clears> how <throat> does that do you do you come into conflict with that? Because like. Pat will get fucking reamed on Rock Solid for some of his picks. Last, you know, he'll do the big end of year one where mm-hmm. he has like all of his co-hosts on. Right. And I just felt like he was just getting raped the entire time. What really? Because like anytime he would pick something along the lines of a Bon Jovi or a, 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 anything from a like a quote unquote hair band. Yeah. Everyone would just take turns just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> right. right. And I'm like, I'm sure it makes for good comedy, but like as a fan who listens to that stuff, I'm like, man, come on, y'all. The stuff you're listening to is just as laughable as the stuff I he's bringing up. I don't disagree with any of you that. Know, that. That irritates me. Because it's like, okay, it's fun to make fun of the hairbands, but we can't make fun of these guys that have handlebar mustaches and ride turn-of-the-century bicycles? What the fuck? Good for you. That's yeah. just my opinion. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm lucky. <laughs> nobody, I mean, people will come on my show and they'll bust my balls that I have bad taste in music. And it's all just taste. Whatever. I mean, you know, my two favorite bands are Chicago and Journey and Iron Maiden. Those are my yeah. three favorite. I name three. And then Kiss comes in probably number four or five. Yeah. Uh, and that's most He knows as much about Chicago as I know about Kiss and Vinny. I was going to say, I just assumed that all, like, comedians were, like, hardcore Van Halen fans. Because, like, deep down inside, there's a little David Lee Roth in everyone. No. 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 No, L.A. is not filled with no. Van Halen fans. Uh, well, L.A., I mean, they're from L.A. Well, L.A. is filled with The L.A. comedy scene. The L.A. comedy scene is, is not, not filled with Van Halen. Are, like, are, like, comedians, are they too cool for Van Halen? I mean, is that... I think they're just considered older. I think now. they're just out of it. I think they're just, you know, I'm sure if you talk to a 50-year-old guy, he's going to tell you he likes Van Halen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think for the most part, it's it's the all-tipster. The hipster you know, that just world. taken over. Uh, I mean, comic, most comics are young now. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all 20s and early 30s. Yeah. That's the, the new crew. And then there's my generation where it's, you know, you either love Oasis or 
Iron Maiden. And then if you like mm-hmm. Iron Maiden, you're made fun of. If you like Oasis, for some reason, you're not. Right. You know? That's all backwards, man. <laughs> what you just said is all backwards. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> kind of bizarro world you live in. I know. I apologize. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I, I, it never really comes up. I, I don't really, right. I mean, on my own show, I can do it. If somebody wants right. to make fun of me, it, it, it just oh, it's I know. It's, all, it's all a good fun. It's all... But yeah, like when you're listening in Nashville and you're hearing it, and you're like, "Motherfucker!" You're like, "Why is it okay for you to bash on this stuff, but we can't bash on your stuff?" But yes. I, it just—I don't know—that just irritates the hell out of me. But in a funny just, way, I'm, just not, I'm way. not like no I, heartbroken. It's just the world we live in today. And yeah, you have I guess to so. accept that. Well, it, people have different opinions. It's yeah. you know. Uh, I just you know, happen you, to like. You can go rights. into the Iron Maiden bathroom. You can go mm-hmm. into the Mumford and Sons bathroom. Whichever one suits you the best. Take advantage of it. There, there you go. I'm not going to go there. Just <laughs> point out these guys are hammered. <laughs> We're not hammered. I don't know. An hour from now, maybe. Is that right? Are we going to be here another hour? No, no, no. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I, I have uh, <laughs> made it very clear where I've gone. I'm in a backwoods in a small <laughs> little, I don't know, uh, makeshift studio. Yeah. Uh, you guys could literally hold me captive and nobody would ever know that I'm here. Yeah, the, the eventually somebody the basket and the lotion are coming later. They're coming later. Uh, yeah. Uh, as as the Uber was bringing me deeper and deeper, like, <laughs> I, was I, like, I, I literally don't know where I am. Like I didn't drive it. I didn't do any of it. Far in the suburbs of Nashville right. are we yeah. going? And about halfway through the ride, I'm going. Would it have been so bad for them to come to me? But I think we could. <laughs> they offered to. But we wanted you to see the greatness, which I think is great. This is great. Well, how many podcasts actually have? A building, you know. I'm going to one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, at least outside of L.A. I know L.A.'s got... Well, we have a studio. And well. then, Air, you know, Air, all the other Air ones all, pretty all amazing. share yeah. studios. But I think we're... Uh, Mary's your, got your garage. studio is up on top of a Target somewhere, right? I got a... Yes, yeah, we're up on top of... Take yeah. a look around. Yeah. <laughs> First I view it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. No. Sorry, no. I didn't mean to... No, have you been to Nashville before? I was here about 11 years ago. I worked at Zany's in Nashville. Yeah, okay. right and my buddy Gary Shera was a, um, at the time he lived here, he was a uh, working musician and he was a, a session guy. And yeah. he now makes his home in St. Louis, but it was great. I spent some time with him. We went out and saw some live music. Cool. He was on tour with uh, some really popular country artist whose name I can't pull. And then he was on tour with the uh, guy that, uh, one of the, the Marine who was on American Idol. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah, I wish I could. He was on tour with that guy for a couple of years. So he was a So I did listen to you guys today talking about the uh, previous winners of America. Yeah, yeah, with Dave Holtz. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then when I, when I leave here, Matt Belknap and I are going to do some a couple of touristy things at 11 o'clock at night. And, right. Oh, yeah? What are you going to see while you're I, I think we're, you, you got to go to the Bluebird. you got to do that. Yeah. You, know, we're, you, know, we're, you know this from the... Uh, never sure. not funny. We're obsessed with Nashville, the TV show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and so we, we have to go hit a couple they of They did a good job recreating it on the, on the TV show. Could, I just found that out. That's, yeah. They don't actually shoot at the Bluebird. I think some of the interior they have. Okay. But the outside, they recreated the outside. Really? Yeah. But the area around the Bluebird is not what... It is on the TV. Is that so, right? Yeah. Okay. It's Green Hills. So, yeah, I don't want her too far off. Well, it's in a strip, it's in a strip mall. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Louvre's in a strip mall. Oh, so, yeah, they make it look like it's this... Oh, no, no, no. It's in a strip mall. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And it's really little. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's and you're gonna so walk in and be like, "Think you're in the wrong place. Yeah, you're right. actually in the right place." That's the yeah. that's the famous Bluebird. All I right. To, I got to play there once. You, you're a musician I, as well. Well, I used to be. Harmonica. <laughs> yeah, harmonica. And you play, but you play oh, front. 
I played guitar, <laughs> I played guitar for a few years. Like I played guitar f- until I was about twenty seven, and then. But yeah, did it for years, but tried to become a hard rock rock star out of Nashville. Not a good idea. Not doable, right? No. Nowadays it would be okay. Nowadays it's better because like the thing. Do you realize how many? 80s rock stars live here now? Yes. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Damn near all of them. I mean, damn near all of them. And like a lot, we're, for the show we do with the demographic we have, we couldn't be in a better place. It's better for us to be in Nashville than LA right now. So do you, you, you reach out to these guys? Oh, yeah. To be We've had them over here. Yeah. yeah. We recently had uh, Perry Richardson, the bass player from Firehouse, <laughs> right was out there, here. Yeah. And had some awesome right, stories. Where's he sitting? Right over that area? Right there, right there. Right there. Right. If you want to come over here and touch the cushion. <laughs> what was their big hit? Help me, uh, don't tell uh, it to me. Give me a hint. Okay. It was a big ballad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They had two big ballads, actually. Oh. But one was huge. It was huge. Early 90s. Yeah, I know. I know. I won't pull it. What Real, was it? You've heard it at a bunch of weddings. Love of a Lifetime. Love of a Lifetime. Okay. We had him... Um, he told us some great stories. He had some really great He had stories about it being assaulted by Alice in Chains at the uh, American Music Awards. Oh, really? Yeah, because Firehouse beat them for best hard rock and metal In the 90s. <laughs> like when that wasn't supposed to happen. So uh, those guys like assaulted him in the bathroom. Oh, my God, really? Literally, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That was a story about Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent pulled a gun, a gun on him on stage. Yeah, put a gun to his head. We love it. We get, get rock stars in the studio. Yeah. We hang out with them, and they just start telling us great, great Gary Corbett, stories. Gary, well, the studio wasn't built when we had Gary Corbett the first, the two Kiss discussions you heard. Those was in the dining room. Okay. But uh, we've had him here since. Uh, we interviewed Mark Slaughter at an O'Charlie's. <laughs> at the back booth of an O'Charlie's. Oh, yeah? All yeah. those waitresses, the middle-aged waitresses were so giddy. Were they really? Oh, they totally They stayed were. open late because he was there. Yeah. For Mark Slaughter. Yeah. And you could see her. She was, they were especially excited. the one, she was over there. They knew you know, who he was. They weren't, they stayed open for him, not for us. Yeah. And that, uh, up all night, sleep all day, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Fly to the Angels. Why? Yeah. And also he sang for so, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Uh, did, uh, help me out here with Vinnie Vincent. Did Robert Fleischman sing for him? Yes. He sang on the first, on the first album. album. That's it, okay. And then he left before the first video was shot. So Mark Slaughter came in and lip-synced to Robert Fleischman's vocals on I the see. video and then did the tour. And then Mark Slaughter sang on All Systems Go, the second album. Okay. Yeah. I have to revisit those Vinnie Vincent albums. Well. I don't? You may not have to. I don't, well. It's, I think it's worth listening it's to. Worth There's listening some really to, great songs on it. There's a whole lot of crazy-ass guitar, the guitar playing, playing going is on insane. It's But his songwriting, like, the stuff he co-wrote with yeah. Kiss, I think is all great. Yes. yes. Because, like, some of the best Kiss songs. Yeah, and the songwriting as songs are not necessarily bad in The Invasion. Is it production? The production's not great, because it's very 80s. Right. And also, the guitar playing, it's Vinny Let Loose. It's okay. it's like and really, it's, really Let me show you how many songs. millions of notes I can play all at once on the solos. Okay. Which I love, because I'm into that stuff. But if you're not into that stuff, you're going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Right. Well, that's what yeah. I always thought. It was like really great songs set to guitar solos. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of how it works out with that song. Yeah, yeah. There's one Which song. the songs are good, but the guitar yeah. solos are crazy. It's busy. Yeah, now, really this, busy. The second album with Mark Slaughter, um, there's a song called Love Kills and a song called uh, That Time of Year. Those two yeah. songs you might dig. Okay. Um, but Robert Fleischman kind of summed it up best when, when he described the first one. He said... It's the equivalent of an artist taking a blank canvas and just throwing paint on it. Okay. That's what the album is. 
and it's it's Robert doing the highest high pitched vocals you can imagine, and Vinny doing the craziest over the top guitar playing. The, well, you know, Robert sang for Journey for a while. That's what, that guy's career is fascinating. He wrote like, Wheel in the yeah. Sky. I know it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you're a giant I'm a Journey guy. Fan, yeah. So, yeah. But it's like you saying that he wasn't wasn't in the band long enough to be the first video. Yeah. It's just like that seems to be Robert Fleischman's career. Like he's just he's there, but then. As, well, soon as, as soon as it's about take to take off, he hits the yeah, spot. Right, yeah. yeah. And from what I heard with Journey, the guys in the band loved him, but Herbie Herbert hated him. Yeah, and the label they thought he was like a diva. Him. Right. And they were like, well, this Steve Perry guy can do all these notes, so fuck Robert Fleischman, let's throw him out. Ugh. But I heard Neil Sean really wanted to keep him in the band, did not want Steve Perry. I think it paid off. It paid off, believe okay. me. Although, there, have you seen that footage from Chicago of Fleischman playing at Soldier Field with them? No. It's on YouTube. I will look for it. It's a festival show that Journey did at Soldier Field in Chicago in like 77 or whatever, whenever Fleischman was with them. Well, before Perry. So Perry joined in... 78, maybe? No, before that. So 76 or 77. Yeah. Oh, and wow. there's that, and there's also footage of him playing a uh, California festival, too. Okay. And he sounds amazing. Does he? And they, sat, they actually have chemistry. It was like I was a, just curious, back in your MCA days, yeah. what was the band, like, something that came across your desk that they told you to push that you were actually super excited to Oh, that's push? a great question. Uh, there was a band called Dakota that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's a little more middle, uh, M-O-R. Uh, but, whoa, Jet Boy? Yeah, Jet, Jet Boy. Boy. We played Jet Boy yeah. two weeks ago. Uh, boy, who uh, we Great had, band. We had a lot of that. Secondary Sunset Strip. You know? Yeah. So then you know your Gilby Clark. That comes from Kill for Thrills, right? Was that MCA? Kill for Thrills, I think, was MCA. Yeah. Was it? Or was it A and M? I just remember the first time I went into a Dollar Tree store in my life. Like everything in here is a dollar, including these CDs over here. Right. This Jet Boy and this Kill for Thrills. And so you bought the two of them. And there were two of them together. They were a buck a piece, you know. And I was like, they were together. And I thought Kill for Thrills was MCA too. It might be. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. I drank a lot in the nineties. <laughs> I drank a lot in the nineties. So my memory is. I remember a lot of things, but some is. But did you ever have to talk a store into buying something that you actually really did believe in? Yeah, that's a good. You know what? I did the Dennis DeYoung Boom Child album from Sticks. I thought guy, it was a great yeah, album. Chicago. And uh, yeah. and everybody knew Dennis DeYoung. Nobody cared about Dennis DeYoung solo. Right. But I, yeah, I yeah. pushed that. And that made me look stupid. Although he did one of the worst videos I've ever seen. Which what one? Was, the was uh, the one that was like out in the desert or something. Oh, what? Desert Moon. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was. It was it almost was like, like him the, going back to his high school days. The, we called it the Little Chill. That is a horrible it was the big chill. video. Yeah, it's horrible. Hey, Dennis. Yeah. How you doing? All melancholy. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Oh it's my, horrible. I haven't thought of that in years. It's horrible. Yeah. I remember watching that. Going, this is the worst video I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, uh, and because uh, as you mentioned, Dennis was in uh, lived in Chicago. Yeah, there were six uh, of Chicago. Band. He would come to our offices all the time, so we had to really push that Dennis DeYoung. But okay. I loved it because yeah. he'd be in the in the storage room with you, going, "Tell him it's really, Tell really good. good." Yeah, he'd be. It's way better than sticks. It's uh, <laughs> Mr. Roboto sucks. No, he is Mr. Roboto. No, that, right? that no. was all his <laughs> idea. He left after that. It's way better. Yeah. Uh, he used to come to our record store. You probably heard me say this. Dennis DeYoung used to come to a, <laughs> a record store in Matheson, Illinois, and he lived in a place called Prestwick, Illinois. Dennis yeah. DeYoung, and which was an exclusive gated community, like only rich folks, but rich area. people. You know, yeah. right? Just yeah. 
And I remember, I remember thinking, oh, look at those rich people. Like, they're really... Suckers, they got Mr. Roboto money. <laughs> they got Roboto money. <laughs> man, it's been very cool. Oh, it's been my honor. Thank you guys for having me on. I hope it was worth coming on. It was great. It was great fun. Thank okay. you for letting me run awesome. my mouth. And I hope I didn't take over too much. I... No, no, no. Oh. It's all about having you on the show. Well, um, thank you. Well, well, let's do plugs real quick. All right, what do you want? I'll tell people where they can hear you. NeverNotFunny.com is where my podcast is. Uh, JimmyPardo.com is where my uh, tour dates and all that bullshit is. And then uh, teamcoco.com slash Pardo Patrol yes. is where all my interviews are with uh, celebrities backstage at Conan. Yes. Right. So you can go check all that out. And uh, there's great stuff on there with me and Tom Hanks and Martin Short. And uh, uh, I love the one with Daryl Hall because we yeah. sang Sarah Smile, but they could only use a little snippet of it because of legal reasons. Right. Yeah. But he and I sang like most of Sarah Smile together, which That's was nice. just like this dream come true. Yeah. And uh, so there's great, funny, stupid That's interviews true. on there. Very so, cool. I listened to your uh, old interview with Conan today, which I'd heard it before. Which one was the? Well, I have to. You'll know by me asking this question. Did he ever buy you guys the steak? Gotta listen to the next episode. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta listen to the next episode. Okay. I've heard it. I've listened to that one twice now. But yeah, I listened to that one today just to kind of refresh me. When you said about earlier about being nervous, the only time I was ever a little nervous was his first appearance. Yeah. Mainly because I. I had just started working at the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and I just I, I just said, "Would Conan want to do my podcast?" And they said yes, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And then I'm never I'm never nervous right. with a guest, but I was nervous because like, well, what if this doesn't go well? I still have to go to work with this guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, he's, theoretically, it's my boss. It's not like right? you could never see him. And it's like if it's a clunker and it and it blows, it's like, well, that sucks. You know, let me move on with our lives. If right. that thing stunk. I still have to see him. Hey, hey buddy. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, I, and I was new to his world at Tonight Show. You know, he'd been doing this for 20 years. And yeah. I had just started. I think we did that in September. So I was, uh, June, July, like three months I'd been working for him. Yeah. So I still was trying to let everybody know how funny I was and being, you know, it's like, well, this sucks. You know, <laughs> you know, it can, maybe he looks at me differently you. at my job. And yeah. so I was a little nervous in that regard. But then once we got into it, it was like. Oh, this is just talking another comic. Yeah, I was gonna say he's very he's really good on. Yeah, he's comics. thank you. Well, thank you for and you guys together were really good. Listen, I there's nothing nothing. I love doing the podcast. I'm, uh, it's the thing I'm the most proud of anything I've done, other than my wife and son, of course. But uh, meeting Conan O'Brien was the greatest thing that ever happened in my career, mm-hmm. and then to go on as a guest on for me to be a guest when I'm on with Conan. Nothing brings me more joy because it's literally a, a throwback to Johnny Carson and Don Rickles busting yeah. each other's balls. Yeah. And so you get to see two guys that are really, if I dare I say, funny guys yeah. who like each other and they're not doing the bullshit Hollywood. Right. Oh, I got to tell you what happened on the set. It's not that. Yeah. It's, it's two guys really talking. Natural. Thank you. Yeah. And so, like, whenever they call me up, they go, hey, do you want to come on the show again as a guest? Yes. Yes. I'll come on once a week. I, it's fun to me. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, yeah, thank you for saying that. Oh, no that, problem. That was a long-winded way of... Are you still poisoning Andy's food? <clears throat> oh, God, he was so sick about a month and a half ago. <laughs> and I'm like, why won't you take the day off? I'm pulling for you. Yeah. Like, Let's go. Stay home. Let me fill in again. Yeah. Uh, and those were great shows to be able to fill in for him. Oh, and, of course. And for Andy, and who's a great friend. And, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's where you can grab all my stuff and and those guys are big Kiss fans too, right? Yeah, I was gonna say Conan, I mean, Conan's, Conan's got to be a Kiss fan, fan right? For sure, I know he, I mean, he was on the Intrepid, right? Which is the greatest line that you talk. What does he say? Uh, 
You tell me where and well, what, what time and what aircraft and what aircraft carrier. What a great line that yes. was. That was so. And he great. had him on in uh, during the non-makeup era with yeah. the convention. They, did you see that bit where he said Andy? They said Andy. And the, it oh, ends with man. the close-up on Andy with the makeup it was on. So funny. Yeah, I loved it. I still have that on a DVD somewhere. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, Andy. I think on my podcast he told a couple of great kiss stories. Yeah. Mistaken. I think you can really, I mean, they say you shouldn't judge people, but I think you could really judge somebody on whether they're a KISS fan or not. You think so? I think so. I know more people that aren't. You better keep an eye on those. Keep an eye on them. That's a good point. Keep an eye on them. You're right. They got, either they got something to hide or they're up to something. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're on to something there. Always. All right. Thanks again for doing it. My honor. Thank you for having me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.